0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. That's right. It's Wednesday, December 21st. 2022, bro. Yeah. 10 days left in all of 2022. It's unbelievable. And we got a big show for you as always today. Don't forget Logan Fano coming up at 9 o'clock to talk BYU football on the program. uh Why are the Fano brothers transferring? Why are the Fano brothers leaving BYU? We'll talk all about that coming up on the show. Uh, again, Logan Fano joins us at 9 o'clock on the program. The program. Uh, join us for that. Uh, we got to talk about Salt Bay today. We've got to talk about uh, the Drake curse today. Yeah. How about that? The Drake curse. Finally, a day where we can stretch our legs a little bit. Yeah. Where we, we can actually like
1: have fun and like, you know, do a show and,
0: you know, not try to save lives yeah. or impact policy in this country. Right, right. Um, obviously, the biggest story of the morning here on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com present The Monty Show every single day right here live on YouTube. And, you know, what? if you get in an accident, there's only one choice. Don't call your insurance company. Call The Advocates. Get to theadvocates.com. You can chat with them online 24-7. You can talk to a lawyer at theadvocates.com. And again, just like I say every single day, if you're thinking, do I need a lawyer? The answer is yes. You need to get to theadvocates.com. Uh, the Utah Jazz last night absolutely pummeled the Detroit Pistons. And I don't know that I would use the word shocking, but certainly a wonderful performance out of Jared Vanderbilt last night led the Jazz. And yes, I know Laurie Markinen had 38 points, but Jared Vanderbilt, I felt like, pushed the Utah Jazz forward to this win last night. And it made me wonder as this game went on and we saw left handed finish after left handed finish in the paint, two of four from three, 18 points, 13 boards, six dimes. Jared Vanderbilt did it all. And the question, Jake, how did the Utah Jazz get this from Jared Vanderbilt on a nightly basis?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's just these guys being intentional about what their job is. I, I mean, I like I was saying yesterday, and I'll continue to say it. This team gets lost in the minutia of the game. They're they're not focused on just simply doing their job. You know, you look at Vando, you look at Jordan Clarkson, you how you even look at Mike Conley. You know, and you see that when Mike is on the floor, this team is much more organized. So guys like Vando seemingly find a way to get to their left hand and put you know make a bunch of baskets and that's what I think this team needs more of that's where I think Will Hardy you know clearly had some conversations after the Cavaliers embarrassment and these guys got back on the same page and started focusing on what they are supposed to be doing that allows the team to win basketball games and again you see you see the production offensively when they play good team defense like they did last night and you and you get out in transition you see 126 points so when this team is scoring 110 points you know there are issues you know that that there are problems now i know it was the detroit pistons and they're this terrible team and everyone says they're the worst team in the league but they've got talent they have guys who can play and to me we shouldn't be sitting here discounting what happened last night at all i think that you know, you, again, the box scores, he was just reading 18 and 13 out of Vando. That's another level higher for Vando. That's a a different Vando than we've seen probably the last five to seven games. And I think it's simply because he was being intentional with his actions last night. Like, hey, I need to be here to give myself the best chance. I need to be playing on the right-hand side of the floor so I can roll to my left hand. Like, I need to be playing to my strengths. And that's why I think you see this level of production it's not just some accident it's not just randomly it didn't just happen by happenstance like this was a choice to go out and play a certain way and you see the numbers reflected in that
0: well and i i also think there was clearly a change coming out of the the calves game i mean I, I don't think there's any doubt about that and i think when we talk about who this utah jazz team is what we see from them i think you're seeing on a nightly basis that guys are trying to figure out their role it was really nice to see the ball flow to Laurie Marketin last night in the second half. Uh, and I think Laurie obviously carried the Jazz last night with 38. Um, and, you know, really is shooting the three at a high level. And I think I know on this show we've talked about it and Jazz fans we've tweeted about it. Um, that there's a high level of frustration amongst Jazz Nation as to why Laurie Marketin disappears in the second half. And I think we saw last night that that didn't happen and they pulled away from the Pistons and I know the Pistons are the Pistons and they're going to Piston, right? We get that. They're going to Piston themselves. Right. We get that. Right. But the bottom line here was this was a reeling Utah Jazz team coming out of two losses that you can only describe as embarrassing. No. This Utah Jazz team needed a dominant performance in, in Detroit, and I think they got that. And I think when you look at Laurie Markkinen really stepping up, carrying the offensive load for this team, I think it creates other opportunities for guys like Vando because you really have to pay attention to Laurie Markkinen when he's dropping threes like that and getting to the basket. But I think the other thing that happened was that Jared Vanderbilt showed up with a hell of a lot more energy last night. And he showed you that he actually has offensive game in the paint where he has touch with that left hand, that little baby hook. He has the ability to go up and fight for rebounds consistently, I thought it was nice to see him, if ugly or not, shooting threes out of the corner and making two a four. What you saw in this game was a lot more cohesion and a lot more systematic offense. I think you saw a a situation with the Jazz where they learned their lesson in Milwaukee and Cleveland. If you're not going to run offensive sets, you're not going to score many points. And what we saw in Detroit last night was a, a Utah Jazz team that ran sets. With Mike Conley getting the offense, running screen roll with Laurie Markinen, they double Mike, he kicks it to Laurie who hits a three at the elbow. Like those are big important things for a young developing jazz team because they need to have that systematic feel to their offense, Jake. Because if you don't have that systematic feel, you're going to lose more games than you're gonna win.
1: Yeah, I just think it doesn't if you're not playing your system, you don't have structure. You don't know. I mean, literally it's just like you're you're going down to the offensive end you're standing in the natural spots that you would on any basketball floor whether you're playing at you know LA Fitness or you're playing at the Viv and you're just hoping for the best. And the problem is against really good teams in the league they're going to eat you alive in that in that situation. Whereas if you can run sets and be in your structure and play to your strengths, you're going to give yourself a much better chance and and I think that Will Hardy you know, deserve some credit here. Like, I, I, I had a lot of concerns yesterday in the show about that Cavalier game and, and really the Bucks game. Like, this team just looked lost, man. This team didn't seem to have, like, any sort of drive or want to or, like, desire. And last night, that obviously changed. They bounced back last night. But I think this word of consistency is the one that still rings true for this team. Whether it was at the beginning of the year when you won 10 in a row or it was at, you know, the middle of the year where we are now. Like, I think... You know the the jazz have to be more consistent and that's going to be difficult when you're playing with the younger guys it just is that's the nature of the beast so yeah that's, totally that's why i say like even lori like i know he's got 38 last night but what have you done for me lately type deal right like we're going to sit here today and talk about how the guy has 38 tonight what is he going to do tomorrow what it like what what is i need to see you know 25 a night out of lori for the next month Like, that's what I would expect out of Laurie Markkinen. But it's going to take him being thoughtful and intentional about going and getting the ball. Like, hey,
0: I'm Laurie Markkinen. I'm the best scorer on the team. Give me the ball. Well, I'm curious. Do you guys also believe that, and I would love to see this in the comments section, do you guys believe that Laurie Markkinen is a number one option? I mean, 38 points last night, that's (laughs) awfully impressive. And I'm curious if you guys think... Uh, that that he's a number one option. Uh, let's get your comments in here. Eric and Raleigh says hashtag giant failure. <clears throat> How about this Carlos Correa story, dude? Unbelievable that Carlos Correa is absolutely, I, I mean, crushed the San Francisco Giants here. If you did not hear, shortstop Carlos Correa is now third baseman Carlos Correa who signed a massive $315 million contract with the New York Mets overnight after he had agreed to terms on a deal with the Giants. He goes to the Giants, takes a physical. The Giants didn't like something they saw, which allowed Correa to go back to the Mets, which, frankly, is where I thought he would be all along. Right, Man, the San Francisco Giants are getting crushed unbelievable neville 93 good morning to you he says monty how the heck are you i'm pretty good i'm pretty good
1: Yeah, two days to go here
0: let's have a good wednesday go jazz and he says yes i think laurie marketing could be a number one awesome uh what's up giggity good to see you anton says will hardy definitely had a chat with jc after the Cavs game well i think you you are you're looking at a guy in jordan clarkson who i think you're gonna have to consistently hit the reset button on I think he just plays with that mercurial, like free spirit, like, you know, off the cuff style, that freestyle basketball that so many people love. But when you're trying to win close games, it kills you. And I, I don't disagree that that Will Hardy probably had a pretty good conversation with Jordan Clarkson coming out of that Milwaukee-Cleveland series. okay, man. Because he was a much better player last night, frankly. But Jordan, even in, in, in the win last night, I think he still has moments where he, I mean, like, the ball's not going in the hole. I know you guys are going to find this hard to believe. Jordan Uh-oh. still had two turnovers last night. Yeah, but he played much more. I, you know, the word that I want to use is I feel like he played much more responsible basketball. Yeah, last he night.
1: just was he was he was playing within the system in a sense, like Jordan Clarkson. To your point, is that guy where he just plays free flowing basketball? But his challenge as a player is never going to be, hey, how much can I score, or, or how you know, how far can my ability take me? Like he can score with the best of them in the league. The problem is, is you got to be able to keep that under control, yeah. I and mean, you got to rein that back in sometimes. And and the problem is, is last year and really most of his career, has been a six man. So his job has just simply been play eight to ten minute spurts and get buckets. That's his job. That's what he's been doing. And so now when you get put into a starting lineup, a starting five most nights this year, you're being asked to run offense and run sets and like, and play within your system and like yeah. be responsible. So yeah, I, I think responsible basketball is a great way to put it, but I also think he has a responsibility not just to play the right basketball, but to lead the young guys. You have to be able to set an example. So to me, he did better last night, but again, this word,
0: consistency. What am I going to get tomorrow night out of Jordan Clarkson? Absolutely. That, and I. But I think you asked that now about Jared. I think you asked that about Laurie. Like, yeah. I think those are the ales of a you're young walk, team. You're asking
1: that of Walker Kessler.
0: I'm still telling you, I think Laurie Markinen's a two. I think he's a really good second option. And again, I'm still traumatized as a Chicago Bulls fan. I'm still traumatized about Laurie, the Chicago Bull. Right. Trust me, he's a number two. <laughs> Trust me when I say, oh, wow. Well. well, Mark Hales is in this morning. He says, good morning. Inform and entertain me. Well, you know. Nah, that's not what we do on this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Giggity says, I guess moving a trash can causes back issues. It does. It does, actually. Yes. See, that's a Houston it Astros does. bomb on Carlos Correa. Yes. Who, they hit the trash, can, the stealing. I hate Carlos Correa. That's HIPAA? I hate Jose Altuve, too. So you know what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Let's see. Brett Robbins says, I believe Laurie is a number one. If he plays like a number one, he's a seven foot who can drive to the bucket when he wants to, and usually does pretty well doing it. But some games he seems to be very passive. I think he's a low key guy. Yeah. He's he's, a lot of times. he Is Is he ever the guy that throws down and it's like, "Ah!" no, he's not Russell Westbrook. No, he's not uncle Jeff green, please. You know, how about uncle Jeff? jeffy Unc green the jeffer flying to the hole last night yeah and then he dunked the basketball before he flew to the hole at home is this the dagger okay uh barfing chickens good morning to you he says i still know next to nothing about basketball so don't m- take me serious but from the look the media worships the dude to be i think he will at least be good who do you mean You mean lori Yeah. yeah. Brett Robbins says he needs to stay aggressive all game, not just the first half. And I think this is, see, see, Brett, I think that's a really good point. He's never going to be the guy that's like, hey, hey, yo, I'm Red Hawk, give me the ball.
1: Or but, hey, don't take me out of the game when I've just scored 10 points in a row.
0: Which, oh, Will Hardy does that, but... Jordan Clarkson is going to take the ball. He's made two threes. He's going to come down and and actually he's going to go up to the third deck and shoot a three just to do a heat check. Right. Like that's who that's who Jordan Clarkson is, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm I mean that's never going to be who Laurie is. Uh Hib, good morning to you. He says, "Nah, you were right the other day. Laurie's a great number two. Totally agree with that." Yeah. Totally agree with that. Kurt Myers, good morning. Is BYU football tanking for Volkswagen? I think they want Victor Wambanyama to be their next quarterback. He's in the portal, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah, put some shoulder pads on. You know, let's go. Uh, NY Monty fan, good morning. The old flamethrower got tuned up by Hardy, eh? Yeah, exactly. seriously. Is that, oh, our, new on. Flame on. Flame Is that our new nickname? Flame
1: on, Is that our
0: new nickname for Jordan Clarkson, the old flamethrower? Yeah. Hey, by the way, yeah. we had an interesting debate about Holly Rowe on Twitter last night. <sighs> As Jake heavily sized. Freaking Holly Rowe, man, love her, but damn. You know, one of the tweeters made a really good point. You either got to give her far more room to stretch her legs, or you gotta you gotta just end that. Yeah, because I agree that her dipping in and her trying to make like points, <clears throat> like she has to try far too much to make a point on that broadcast. And the other problem is, I think Big T is so good as a color analyst. And she runs into him so often. It's just awkward. That's right, T. So am I taking it by your coughing sound effects that you are not a fan of? I'm
1: not a Holly Rowe fan on basketball. On football, she's great. On college football specifically, I love her on field interviews, love the work she does. But I just think she tries too hard with basketball. Like The genius of Doris Burke is that Doris understands that not talking is just as valuable as making a great point. Is right, Doris like, Burke oddly hot? Um, I think yeah, a lot of guys would
0: would uh, you know a lot of guys would go to the hole. Yeah. Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly dilly, drive the paint. Yeah. Um, I think Doris Burke's the elite at what she does, but why is that? Because she's a full time color commentator. Holly Rowe is this third voice. She's not a sideline reporter. She's not like the interview the coach at the half.
1: But I don't understand why the Jazz try to try to use her on the broadcast in the way that they do because. She is a sideline reporter for them, but she's like this third voice as well on the broadcast. Like it's sideline odd. reporters don't give color commentary. Sideline reporters give you, you know, rejoins after a break. They, get, they pitch to specials or whatever. Like they do one-off unique content or they do, you know, the after the game interview or whatever. Right. And that's right. how it should feel. And Holly's really good at that. But I think this dynamic that the Jazz are trying to like, you know, create here is it, it is awkward, and I have to be honest. You know, and we're going to talk about the TV deal here in a little while. But but the fact is, is that you can't consistently get the away feed, so you're we're stuck listening no, to no, this. No, no, you
0: can't. I can as right.
1: a as a right. league
0: pass on Direct TV consumer. I have
1: league pass on Direct TV. I have it. But what I'm saying is mm-hmm. is that for the person who has Direct TV and wants to stream and has the league pass. If you're sitting in Salt Lake City, there are restrictions. Ah, okay, there are restrictions. So is that your, your stream? Well, I want to stream. I want that ability, and that's what I think most jazz fans want to be yeah. able to do. I okay. don't. I don't like at home. I have Directv satellite service, but what I'm saying is that. Is that I think a lot of jazz fans would like to take their wife to dinner some night and be able to have the put game an AirPod in. Yeah, like you'd like to be
0: able to listen to the game or yeah. watch
1: the game, and there's just restrictions.
0: Yeah, um, that's interesting. Coming up in ten minutes, we'll talk about that because the uh, there's huge news out of the NFL for the TV deal, and it really does play into the the jazz situation point, as well. My point though was,
1: my point though was not even necessarily the TV deal, just that we're stuck listening to this awkward dynamic because I do agree. It doesn't really have to do with Holly as a person or a reporter. It has to do with they're asking her to do too much. That's the problem.
0: Uh, Neville says, uh, I think the NBA is already taking votes for the All Star. It is. Yeah. The All Star voting opened yesterday. Yeah. My uh, Monty fan says, If they are, I need to cast some votes. We need one jazz player in the game. Laurie Markinen's in. Yeah. I mean, you can just write that yes, down. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, My Monty fan says, Holly Rowe needs to go.
1: I don't, necessarily, I don't know if she there needs to go. I, I think that Holly Rowe needs to be given a new set of tasks, which is, hey, be a sideline reporter. Don't do color. Be a
0: sideline reporter. She doesn't need to have an open mic the entire game.
1: Yeah, like, hey... Oh, there was a whistle. We're gonna go to Holly real quick. Or hey, we're coming back from commercial. Holly's gonna bring us
0: back here. Hey, in, or... uh, Jimmy Bob went to the locker room. What's the update on his groin? Yeah, Holly, like exactly. She the and the issue is for ESPN. Holly Rowe is excellent because that's what she does. She interviews coaches. She does color. She doesn't do color. She does sideline reporting yes. with the Jazz. She's a third broadcaster, and it's just it's it's awkward. It, it is absolutely awkward. Uh, Lori better make it. Brett Robbins says he will. Mark Hale says shooting from the third deck reminds me of the Jordan Bird McDonald's commercial of them playing horse. Uh, yeah, I remember such off a the good wall commercial. So, so retro there. Yeah. Mark Hales. Uh Monty fan says she sidetracks all the time, but some of her inside stuff about players is okay. She is just okay. I don't like Doris Burke though. You do not wow, like see, Doris. We're Burke. Different there. And that's okay. I, I, wow. I, I
1: like Doris Doris Burke's work a lot. Specifically. As a sideline reporter, she was elite as a sideline on the court person. Like, as a color commentator, she's been really good, but her heyday was as a sideline reporter.
0: Uh, Let's see. Mesh says Lori is the third option on a championship team. I agree with that. I do. Brett says he's the most improved award. He has the most improved award wrapped up. Agreed. Uh, per a piece says Lori is a poor man's version of Dirk Nowitzki. Ooh, that's very interesting.
1: I think that Lori could be better than Dirk in his career if he keeps pushing because he's more athletic than Dirk was. But Dirk was just such an assassin. He Dirk was an elite wanted shooter. He's like just Dirk. such
0: an elite shooter. But
1: I think he had the mentality, right? Like, Dirk played in the Kobe era. You didn't have an option. You didn't have the choice to do what Laurie does and and be passive. That wasn't an option if you wanted to be great.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Greg Romano says, people still have DirecTV. Yes, I am a loyal. Yeah, dude. I am a loyal DirecTV customer.
1: NHL center ice, NBA, uh, league pass, like, yeah. Home plate, like all all the sports packages,
0: everything. And it's a tax write-off. So, yeah, of course I have it. Mike Maple says, Holly seems to try too hard. It's the same with Locke. He tries uh, too hard to be hot rod with catchphrases and it doesn't work. I just don't have the... David Locke's a good broadcaster for five minutes. The thing that annoys me is he doesn't give the time and score, almost (coughs) ever. And I think Booner gets overshadowed because David Locke is just so hot all the time. Yes. So, uh, Brett Robbins says, when they played the Pelicans, Holly straight up told me too much about Zion that I wanted to know. It seemed like stalker vibes. Well, like she's comparing, she's comparing, (laughs) was it Walker Kessler? She was comparing, Vando. Vando. She was comparing Jared Vanderbilt to Dennis Rodman when he was a piston. And it's like, Jared Vanderbilt, are are you serious? Like, I get it, you're on the hometown broadcast, I totally understand that. Jared Vanderbilt is not even in the same league as Dennis Rodman. Like, it's not close, there's zero comparison. Zero comparison. And she does stuff like that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Uh my Monty fan says, let's hit the like button, fellas. Uh, we're at the finish line. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, You got to come through strong, um, though. You got to come through strong. We are sure. at subscriber count is 87.73. So at 87.73, we are just 227 subscribers away from 9,000. Right. If we get to 9,000 in the next 11 days, what that means is we're going to take you plus one to the Utah Jazz game against the Cavs. The four of us will go to the game. We'll do it in a black car. We'll take you to the team store. We will buy you a sweatshirt. I would tell you, don't get a Jazz jersey yet. Get a sweatshirt. The black one with the white note or the black with the yellow, that's where I'd go. But you do as you like, because it's your, it's your deal. And then we'll sit and we'll watch Donnie and the Cavs on Tuesday. I think it's January 10th. Yeah, Donnie. It's going to be amazing. But we got to get to 9,000 by the time that December ends. And if we, if we do that on Tuesday, if we show up here, when the show starts on Tuesday, January 2nd, Monday, January 2nd. Sure. I'm a mess. On Monday, January 2nd, when we get back into the studio. Right. If hey, we're I at 9,000 subs. We will we will have a winner for you. Very plain and simple. We won't. Very plain and simple. Uh, Boyd Lake says, "What's the update on his groin?" Monty just oozes comedy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do try. (laughs) Uh,
0: BTS Dance Studio says, "Suns got a Michigan State owner fan of Magic Johnson." As a casual observer of the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker's my favorite NBA player, please do not mention the words Magic Johnson and Phoenix Suns. Don't. Please don't don't that's that's terrible uh but yeah this sarver thing is really interesting robert sarver sells the phoenix suns and by the way did you guys see the number that bobby sarver got yeah good old bobby robert sarver sold the phoenix suns for four billion dollars i said four billion he paid 400 million yeah he sold them for four billion dollars so let me get this right you treated women terribly you put livestock in your general manager's office they destroyed it and crapped everywhere what even you fostered a, a an atmosphere that was a hostile work environment sexually charged that's every day there was yelling and screaming and insulting of employees on a daily basis yeah and you're gonna walk away with billions. Even after all is said and done in the net and all that, he's walking away with billions, bro. God bless. Robert Sarber for being an absolute crap machine of a human being is going to walk away with billions of dollars as a reward for misogyny. As and a reward uh,
1: every single time.
0: As a reward for hostile work environment, as a reward for goats crapping in your general manager's office. You're getting billions. Congratulations. You're a shit bag. That's right, T. Here's billions of dollars. Like that's unbelievable <laughs> to me. You're I mean, he literally is a dumpster fire of terrible human. And we're giving him billions of yes, dollars. Yes, yes, yes. It just, it just seems so wrong to me. Yeah. That he's gonna make that kind of scratch on that team. I don't know.
1: I don't know man it's, It is it is, Yeah it's frustrating
0: Yeah it just seems Yeah I, I don't know uh, Eric Eric and Raleigh says Maybe Holly Road demanded To be more involved In the jazz broadcast That's not up to her Demanded
1: Yeah like what What do you Like so she's gonna demand Hey I demand To be on the broadcast Alright cool See you later yeah. Like come
0: on You know uh, Brett Robbins says uh, Oh no I gotta sell my NBA team What will I do Exa- Seriously you count your money Four billion dollars Kurt yeah, Meyer dude. says Yeah dude uh let's see uh mike maple says water is wet and monty likes a black sweater well i'm wearing a nike vest today you know like i'm wearing okay, a stop no
1: stop What? i'm stop. rubbing the that's vest. not that's not a good motion what do you what, that's that's not a good motion
0: let's let's talk, let's that's talk not about it.
1: a good motion i'm, I'm a bro. good
0: listener what do you what do you mean like i'm wearing yeah, a, nice question i'm wearing a nike vest it's cold out today it is cold out
1: yes but that motion is that's not good it's motion on the ocean, bro. Right. Uh,
0: Brett Robbins says, Yeah, that zone is horrid. Have no clue why they run it sometimes. Why do the Jazz play zone? Yeah,
1: let's go into 230 zone on it. a team that can't even play man defense.
0: Yeah, I, I, I I'm being serious. I don't understand it. I truly do not understand it. All of our NBA talk and Utah Jazz Talk on the Monty show, presented by our good friends at trydaytrading.com. I tell you every day, get off the side, hustle, grind and get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar, that's all we're asking you to do. There is no obligation, all you do is register, watch the webinar, and then make a decision. I'm telling you though, once you watch that webinar, it will change your perspective. Do you understand what day trading is? Do you understand that every day in this country there are people who have gone through the trydaytrading.com program who are making thousands of dollars a day? Thanks. Doing it full-time, they've scaled up out of the best story again is, hey, I was a grocery manager, always away on Thanksgiving, always away on Christmas, missing birthdays and dance recitals, went to Tri-Day Trading, scaled it into his full-time gig. He's making thousands of dollars, and he's no longer working at the grocery store. Well, maybe that's not you. Maybe you want a side hustle. There are people every day using TridayTrading.com and their system of day trading analytics to make hundreds of dollars a day day trading as a side hustle try day trading.com slash Monty all you have to do is go on the screen right there you see it try day trading.com slash Monty go watch the free webinar make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty show because I'm telling you again don't wait for 2023 to change your life we do this thing where we do you know we do these new year's resolutions and don't do it, man. Change your life today. Don't wait for January 2nd. Change your life today. Don't wait for February. Do it today. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. And the best part is, as I always tell you, when you start making trades, you're not trading with your money. You're trading with Tridaytrading.com's money. And when you make money, they split the profit with you 50-50 at Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Talking NBA and Utah Jazz. Jazz win last night. 126-111 uh, over the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons. By the way, I was completely wrong about this game. Jazz were a three-and-a-half-point favorite going in. I was like, you crazy. Yeah. They thumped Detroit. They they absolutely crushed them. Jazz and the Wiz at the Viv. See the Jazz and the Wiz oh, at the see, Viv. this
1: game's on wow, NBA wow. TV, so you'll actually well, be no. able
0: to watch it. You, dude. They're actually on national TV. This is one of their only like nationally televised games on like a big platform. What is ESPN? Not where the jazz play is what ESPN is Yeah not they're not on ESPN. they're not on Turner nothing.
3: No no no.
0: So yeah you get NBA TV uh, this weekend and see that or this week to see the jazz. Uh, and the Wiz, couple more, because uh, I actually do want to talk some NBA. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to get to this TV deal. BB says sorry, her name, uh, sorry, said her name wrong. Really, still hate her. Whatever happened to Matt Harpering? They just ignored that he left, no mention at all in the Jazz family. Well, that you ain't wrong about that. Business. Yeah, business. There was a business decision. Uh, Kurt Meyer says the men in black. I wear black well, every day. We. Oui. It is what it is. I've got my Kill Crew sweatshirt on underneath. Yeah. Best sweatshirt in the business. They don't advertise on the show, by the way. Kill Crew, best sweatshirts in the business, uh, no doubt. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what BTS Dance Studio says. Michigan State top ten MBA. It is. I mean, it's a great place to, you know, go in and get an education. Like this guy's paying four billion dollars for yeah, the dude. Phoenix Suns.
1: Yeah, buddy's paying four billion dollars for the Suns and and DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams are busy punching each other in the face on the bench during the game, and eventually what's going to happen is is this owner is either going to burn this thing to the ground or he's going to ship DeAndre Ayton out and get Devin Booker some real help. By the way, Chris Paul can leave too, so let's see what he does.
0: I actually think Devin Booker won't be on the Suns a year from now. Yeah, I think he's done. I think, I, he's out. I think they're going to completely tear that thing down. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what this guy is. I mean, the, the, this guy that bought the the Suns is a billionaire mortgage broker. Um, he is by far and uh, not even close to the largest mortgage broker in the country. Um, he is a Michigan State grad. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Um, he is a guy that has deep connections in the sports world. Like, I mean, this is what the Suns want. I just think they're going to need a complete culture change. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Mike Maple says, "You guys wearing ugly sweaters tomorrow before starting vacation?"
1: Nah, that would be too much, too festive.
0: You know, you know? like BTS Dance Studio says, "Monty equals Jim Rome 2.0. Sometimes, what does that mean? I don't think our show is anything like his. Show.
1: No, sometimes with your takes, you with your with your rants, sometimes you have a little
0: bit of it. Okay. A little bit. Um, let's see. Are the jazz still talking to the Hawks? Have you heard anything? Okay, first of all, we can't skip over the fact that you spelled herd H-U-R-D. R D. What is this? Cow herd? Yeah. Um, oh, the herd. You know. Never MY Monty fan says never a fan of Matt Harpering or Ron Boone. Love hot rod, bowler, and big T. I'm a huge big T fan. Yeah. I'm a huge Big T fan. All right, without further ado, Mike Maples takes us to the TV deal. Ready for the Sunday ticket without a dish. Let's go. Seriously. Let's talk about this because I think this is a big, big deal, and I wonder where you guys come down on this because the Jazz actually play a huge role in this. Are you ready to watch television via stream 100%? Are you ready to watch the NFL Sunday ticket, which – Uh, According to sources, Sources. we'll be moving to YouTube TV starting next season. Fully streamed. Are you ready to watch Pac-12 football on Amazon? Because again, we believe and now others are reporting that Amazon and and the Pac-12 are still working on a deal. Right. Are you ready to watch Utah Jazz basketball on stream only? What if the Jazz are no longer on AT&T Sportsnet and no other broadcast TV? You have to have an app or you have to have a smart TV to see the Utah Jazz games.
1: Yeah, I think people would be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. I I think people – listen, I think that people have to get get on board with the concept that, like, consumers are not just watching on TV. Like, most consumers are watching on computer or smartphone. Like, we need to get on board with that. And I think that while you have a large sec that does watch on TV, every TV now, for the most part, is a smart TV. Like, like it's just such easy technology to bake into a TV that pretty much every TV has it now, where you can have apps and it basically operates like a computer. So to me, this is very straightforward. Right now, to watch Utah Jazz basketball, if you do not have direct TV, you have to have two services. Fubo TV is the best one. They allow you to watch AT&T Sportsnet wherever you are on your phone. So the problem is, though, that Fubo doesn't carry TNT. So you're not going to get the national games. That's the issue. YouTube TV carries TNT and basically everything you would ever want, but doesn't have at and Sportsnet, so you can't watch Utah Jazz basketball. So then you get into, okay, league pass, league pass, league pass. Let's get the NBA app and pay 15 bucks a month. Great value, right? Love that. Love that setup. Problem is, is if you're sitting in Salt Lake City, you can't watch League Pass. That's right. Because you're sitting in Salt Lake City. So then you have to play the VPN game, which is another $10 now, a and month.
0: I, and I don't know, maybe on the oddity, you realize that I don't watch jazz basketball ever. I'm watching, like last night was one of the rare times I flipped it on because the Detroit broadcast is dreadful. Uh, I flipped it you on. You don't
1: watch the jazz broadcast.
0: No, I don't watch their broadcast ever. Yeah. I usually watch the road broadcast with some exceptions. Yeah. And I have no problem doing that because I'm on direct TV and, and it's I, satellite. It's not internet. Yeah, it's, it's satellite. Yeah. So I don't have I don't I don't have to watch the jazz game. I can choose jazz or the road team. But
1: that and that's my point. You were saying you you dropped a stat on me the other day about how Utah's population, right now, the predominant age group for Utah's population, it, what was it, like 14 to 34 or something? Or like, you know, it was like, teen, like 17 to 34 or whatever. Yes, yep. So that generation... 17
0: was, to 49.
1: 17 to 49. Okay, so we know that the a bulk, uh, a big sector of that generation is not TV going. We know that the top end of that generation is, right? Like the year 40-something is going to be a TV watcher, right? I would even say your mid-30-something is a TV watcher. But the 18-year-old kid who's interested in watching Lori and trying to vote for Lori... They're not watching on a TV.
0: Well, and and I like your point the other day, not to keep like shining each other, but your point the other day was so good. About, oh my God, just like that. Oh. <laughs> about the fact that you cannot tell me it's comfortable because I hate flipping between broadcast and stream. So I have a Samsung 70-inch TV in my living room. Right. And I have to use the TV remote to flip from, you know, like direct TV, I have to go into smart TV mode for Amazon or YouTube TV (coughs) or whatever it is. And it's annoying as hell, dude. Like I don't like doing it. It is a two minute process and it's not fast because then when you go to Amazon Prime Video, you got to click, okay, well, who's watching? Okay, well, it's my wife's profile. I click on my wife's little avatar and then I got to, you know, like usually for Thursday Night Football, it's got it right there. You click on Thursday Night Football and then it gives you, do you want English? Do you want Spanish? Do you want stats? Do you want AWS broadcast? Do you want to like, start from the beginning? Do, or do you, you want to join live? Do you want to, you know, anyway, the point is it just takes forever. It feels like YouTube TV is far easier. In my opinion, if all of this was on YouTube TV, I would cut the cord and go to YouTube TV. Yeah. I would, but it's not. And if you put the Sunday ticket on YouTube TV, yeah, I'll watch it. I already have a YouTube TV account. Frankly, we have a TV here in the studio that streams YouTube TV. That's how we watch TV during the show. But for my money, I'm, I'm not ready for that until all of it's in one place. If everything was on YouTube TV, I'm in. If everything was on Amazon Prime Video, I'm in. But it's not so i've got to have an amazon subscription okay well i'm gonna pay eight trillion dollars for that well now i gotta have youtube tv because that's where the sunday ticket is okay now i gotta pay eight trillion dollars for that and then i gotta have your mom and then i gotta have like your cousin like all of this crap and by the way well I, I the jazz games are on kjazz so i still got to keep DirecTV. so now i'm paying for what three services yeah and that's like 400 bucks a month dude so that's why i say the Utah Jazz, are a really important part of this. If I'm Ryan Smith, I'm going to KSL TV. That's where my games are gonna be broadcast, on KSL TV. Yeah, because that's and, on YouTube TV. And why is that? Because it's available on every streaming service. It's available on every cable service. It's available on every satellite service. That's the wise play here. Yes, yes, now, yes. from from strictly a money-making perspective, I am investing the tens of millions of dollars it's gonna take to to create my own channel and have my own 24-7 content. I'm doing that. I'm doing what Marquis did with the Cubs. I'm doing it. I'm doing what Time Warner did with the Lakers. Yeah. That's absolutely what I'm doing because that's how I'm gonna make money. But the issue has been for the Jazz is that they don't have, traditionally they have not had the in-house assets to execute that. Yeah. So do you have that or do you not? Do you want to invest in that infrastructure? I don't know. I think
1: that's the bigger question. Does Ryan Smith actually want to do that? Well, that's he has my spent
0: a ton of bread on the on the building for the All-Star game. Like he has spent so much money.
1: Which I think, frankly, has delayed the TV conversation. Like not uh, that not that not that the not that he could do anything about the contract, but I think that that if the All-Star game was anywhere but Salt Lake City maybe the strategy and the timeline would be moved up. Maybe we'd be hearing more about, hey, w- let's do this, let's do that. Like e- like I saw on the broadcast last night this Utah Jazz fan pass thing that they're doing where you basically you can buy like a, a mini pack of tickets or whatever. Why have I not seen that anywhere else? Why is that know. not out on social? Why is that not out like in other places? And and I get it. We've heard all season long and even before the season in the off season, like we, we've had information that... They were short-staffed, and they needed this, and they needed that. And that's cool. I understand. Yeah. But time passes, right? Like, how long are you going to run short-staffed? How long are are we not going to start to hear the hype? Because that's what I'm waiting for. When does the hype train start for, hey, we're launching this, or w- our TV deal is going to be that? Like, when is that hype train going to start? Because I think it should start as soon as possible.
0: But here's the other thing I think that you have to remember here is we uh, talk about the NFL Sunday ticket uh, going to YouTube TV, which is absolutely one of the biggest stories in sports this morning on the show, presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. It's going to snow today. Make sure you get to Quick Quack Car Wash because you don't want to ruin your paint. You don't want corrosion. You don't want all that bad stuff to happen to the rig. Make sure you get to Quick Quack Car Wash. You're in and out in five minutes. And again, I just like doing business with friendly people. And we bitch about service on this show so often. And we're going to do it again today. You don't have that problem at Quick Quack. They're really nice people. They smile all the time. They're quick. It's efficient. And your car comes out looking amazing. Well, it's literally
1: in their name quick quack
0: yeah like they have to live up to it and they do every yeah. single time i totally agree it, it's quick it's efficient they're friendly and it's affordable again i pay twenty one ninety nine a month yes they advertise on the show but i'm a big believer in hey if my friend owns a bake shop like our our listener amber is a is a cupcake queen so i'm gonna buy my birthday cake from her i'm not gonna that's go right to costco you. i'm not gonna go to Harmons. i'm gonna go through a small business owner who's trying to build something for herself and her family that's what quick quack is right like They're small business people, and I'm gonna invest in that company $21.99 a month so I can get one wash or I can get 101 washes. It's totally up to me. The same price no matter how many times you go at Quick Quack Car Wash, you'll love it. Bring the kids, they've got flashing lights and different color soap, your kids will love it. It's fun at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I do think this Sunday ticket story is going to change your life because the other thing you gotta remember here is the Amazon Pac-12 deal. Yeah. And I think this is a this is a big one because when you look at Amazon in, in the Pac-12, here's the question you have to ask yourself about TV. How intentional will people be to go find Pac-12 football on Amazon? Well, the biggest issue is not those diehard fans. Oh, my son plays at Utah, gotta go get Amazon Prime. Of course, they're going to watch. The question is: what about Jimmy, the college football playoff voter who accidentally finds USC and Oregon State on Pac-12 after dark, currently on ESPN, which, by the way, yes. 1.6 million people a week watch the late window Pac-12 game on ESPN. Nah, nobody watches that window. Here's the issue, though. Here's the issue, though. When you go full stream, what goes away? What windows and time go away? So are you really telling me that the Pac-12 and Amazon are going to be able to cut a deal where you're going to accidentally get, what is it, probably 300,000 people had no idea that game was on TV. And they flipped over to watch ESPN. They were looking for Sports Center, And they happened to see a Pac-12 late window game. That's real viewership, yeah. folks, in the bar. Here's the other thing that I think a lot of people forget. Yeah. Think about on a Saturday night, how many kids in college towns are in bars? A lot. How many people are in restaurants? In Los Public Angeles, places, man. Where there's Sports Center on, on the TV. Well, it's not Sports Center in the late night window. It's 7 30 Pacific time, 10 30 Eastern. Uh yeah, it's dinner time in Los Angeles. Well, think about and they accidentally see a Pac 12 football game. Think about our guy, our guy Taylor up in Ogden at the Super Chicks. Yeah. They they use
1: YouTube TV in their super chicks. And that's what I think is really, really fascinating now. Is like if the Pac twelve or what's going to be the Pac Ten is going to be on Amazon. That business isn't going to flip back and forth. No. That business isn't going to be like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, I've got 20 people out the door because we're so damn good at what we do. Let me take five minutes, jump off the line, and flip
0: over to and, Amazon. And when we were up at Super Chicks in Ogden, we were watching the Oregon-Oregon State game yeah, on television at Super Chicks. That's no longer going to be an option if you go to Amazon to stream your games. And I think that's absolutely real. And the other thing that I would remind you is – Let's not forget that NBC and Peacock have Big Ten After Dark now. Where is Peacock at in your guys' stack? No, nowhere. Because like, I don't watch Peacock. Nowhere. I have
1: I can honestly say I have never consumed a a second of Peacock's
0: content. And by the way, I'm a huge NBC viewer. Yeah. Like I am a a, a an S, a, a SVU, Law and Order. I all of the Law and Orders. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago people. Fire, ambulance, I, no, law down. and order. Hey, hey settle down. My bad. Settle Sorry. down. Sorry. Chicago PD is oh. the only Chicago series I watch. Seriously. But Chicago PD and all the SVUs and I'm an NBC viewer. I am not watching Peacock. I'm not. And I actually think my Amaz or my uh, American Express Platinum gives me Peacock for free. And you still don't and watch I it. still don't watch it. I don't. And the the real issue for the Pac Ten now is you know that you've lost UCLA and USC. Right. Are you more valuable on Amazon than the Big Ten After Dark USC and Ohio State at the Coliseum in Los Angeles? We all know the are, answer. Are you more valuable than that game we know on the answer. Amazon? And that game's and that, that USC Ohio State game is on NBC at ten thirty at ten thirty Eastern.
1: I think your point about people having to 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 actively think, oh, the Pac is on Amazon. I better go out of my way to go find yeah. it. I think that's a great point because yes. I can't tell you how many times, like when we worked at the Yelpatory, right? I I always had baseball on in the background during the summer. Yep. Always. It always. was religious for me. And I didn't know the baseball schedule every day. I didn't know like... I wasn't that invested, but I love baseball. Like, I wanted it on the tube. I wanted, you remember, you remember when Fernando Tatis of the Padres came, first came into the league and set everything on fire? Like, I needed to see every Padre game for like a month straight. So, I had it on TV. But I didn't know what time they were playing. I just turned the tube on and was like, all right, let me go to Channel 750 on DirecTV to, you know, MLB Extra Innings Package and see what we got going. On a Saturday night, when I've had a long ass week doing the show and getting up at 4 a.m. every day, I'm not going to think to myself, "Oh yeah, well, hey, you know, Stanford's playing Cal. Better, better go out of my way to get on Amazon to see that
0: game." Well, right? wait. There is one succinct point that I think, you know, really, um, you know, really, really tells the story here, and it was filtered, so I just showed it. But Jeff Johnson says, "Suck it, Peacock." Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm sorry. Hey. I thought you said suck it peacock. I thought it, you peacock. said suck it peacock. Keep it real. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, let's see. Uh Brett Robbins says, "I got the quick quack. I got the quick, but what's the quack?" It's a, it's a car wash.
1: Yeah, it's a car wash. You quick, should try it. Like, so quick, there's this app quack. on your phone. Well, if you're smart and you have an iPhone, there's something called Apple Maps where you can type in Quick Quack
0: Car Wash. And it'll tell you like where the closest one is so you can go and try it. How often do you guys get your car washed? I get my car washed probably two times a week, at least in the summertime. Yeah. And I get my car washed pretty much every time it snows in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. I just, I I love my car. I have an Audi SQ5. I was so flattered the other day. Did I tell this story on the show? Briefly, like, but you should tell it again. Yeah. Like I'm sitting outside of Alta, the, the makeup store with my wife. She's in Alta getting eyeliner or whatever million dollar product they sell. And I, of course, as a man, I'm not going into Alta. I'm not doing it, right? Like I, I don't want my I'm testosterone. Yeah, I don't want my testosterone to drop. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm sitting out front of Alta in a parking spot, waiting for Mrs. Mazzi to come out. And this little kid walks up to my Audi, and he's like, "Hey, I love your car. Is hey this an SQ5?" And he started asking me all these questions. And like, how old was this kid? S- six or seven. And he's talking about like how big my brakes are. And he's like, they're cool. They've got those little dots on them. And he's hey, like, guys. just going on and on about the car. And it was just really cool. And he's talking about how he can see his reflection in my door. And it's like, yeah, dude, because I go to quick quack car wash. And I, it's just, I'm I'm that guy. So I take really, I spend a lot of money to keep my car looking fresh. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Troy Cushing says, morning, guys. Uh, morning, my guys. Great work as always. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you. Uh Kurt Meyer says Paramount Yellowstone. See, but again, I
1: haven't watched it. But that's it yet. the difference. I See, haven't watched so, it. So so when a great but think about it. Kurt, I think it's a great point. You wouldn't be on Paramount unless
0: Yellowstone was there. That's right. That's so, right. So I, or maybe Kurt and Kurt how did you get to Paramount? Did you get to Paramount to Jake's Point only because of Yellowstone? Like that's what's fascinating yeah. to me. How did you wind up? Like, I used to subscribe to Peacock because of the Premier League. Right. I don't subscribe to Peacock anymore.
1: And you get pissed, like, once a month when Chelsea's on Peacock exclusively. I hate...
0: I Don't even get me started. Anyway, the point is... Yeah. The point is... Um. How did you find that? Uh. Pied Piper says, I only have Peacock because it came with my internet package. I used it to watch The Office. That's it. See, it but so again, good.
1: see, an iconic show, that's the only show that you're watching. So, that's why I keep saying. I don't think that... With all due respect to Amazon, I don't think that the Pac-10 going to Amazon is some smashing success. Like, I think it'll be fine, but it's not going to be like take over the world level stuff. Like, I think you're going about SC in, in the Ohio State.
0: See, I didn't in interrupt SoCal? you bro.
1: Is yeah. way more attractive
0: than any of the Pac 12 Pac-10. I match-ups. think that's the issue. If you if the Pac 10 becomes a stream only league, I think they're screwed. Yeah. The NBA is gonna, if the NBA, let's say the NBA league pass was only stream, and I think they're moving that direction, by the way. Um, and because they're gonna figure out the NBA app, trust me, because it sucks right now. But if if they move NBA, the NBA package to stream only, people are gonna go and find that. NFL Sunday ticket if it goes to YouTube TV and that's the headline here by the way that uh, the uh, the NFL package is going to uh, YouTube TV and let's kick off football at 50 uh, with the uh, with that story make sure you use the promo code Monty25 when you order your Papa Murphy's pizza Get twenty five percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more. Are you guys pizzying during the holiday? Because yes. I absolutely am. Yes, I absolutely yes. am. Yes, I'm all fired up for Christmas dinner, but I'm Papa Murphying that that Saturday night before uh, Christmas Eve. Yes, yes, yes. Obvi. Uh make sure you use the promo code Monty twenty five to get twenty five percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more. And the big story in the NFL. Yes, the NFL Sunday Ticket as we told you a couple of weeks ago is headed to YouTube TV. What do you pay for YouTube TV a month? What do we pay here? Uh, it's
1: a tiered package. I think it's $62. The, the, that's a month. the
0: base package. I think the mid-level is 80. So. Yeah. so let's I mean, you're going to pay 100 bucks a month to have to have Sunday ticket. There's no doubt about that. Yeah,
1: I think 100 bucks a month is the standard number. Like I'm paying like about 130 because I have a couple of packages. So like I got a couple
0: of packages. Yeah, hey, I got
1: a couple of packages that are not on Peacock. Um, You know, <laughs> like, so that's the number, but I just, like, the reason I looked into this so heavy last night is we are going on the road. We're going on vacation, and I want to be able to open my iPhone 13 Pro Max one terabyte gold amazing phone and get Jazz. I want to be able to get that content, and I will because I am doing the you NBA know, app thing, but it's just frustrating.
0: But you know the crazy thing? The crazy thing is... I think we're willing to pay it. Yeah. Oh, I oh, think yeah. we're will I yeah. think that- I if Dude, I'm not giving up the the NBA package. I'm not giving up NFL Sunday ticket. I love it so much.
1: Well, it's, but it, again, it's different for us because it's a tax write-off. We need it for our business. So if you're somebody who doesn't have a business and you're just talking about this just to pay for it out of your pocket, like, yeah, I think there's a conversation around it, but I'm but I'm about it. Like, I want to be able to, like, I swear to God, I will have my TV on one game, my computer on another. Like, I, I'm that guy at night.
0: I do that all the time. I love YouTube TV. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. And
1: by the way, I think on the NBA thing, I do think it would go to YouTube TV because they have advertised through the NBA playoffs multiple times. Oh, a times. ton, yeah. Like, so they yeah. have a relationship. And,
0: and by the way, I would again point out who owns YouTube and YouTube TV. Yeah. Google. Yep. So I mean, they're not. They know the ad game really well. I I think it's I think it's fascinating, and I think we're willing to pay for it. I think we're willing to pay for it. I, I, I truly do. It's it just, yeah. Uh, Arlington Bears, good morning, says, I wash my truck two to four times a week, full inside and out. Well, you know, one of the funny things about Quick Quack is I love their vacuums. I love that you get a towel and the vacuum super easy. Dude, I'm telling you. Karn, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, let's see, where are you guys at on Zacky Poo? Because I do want to update this story. Zach Wilson is starting for the Jets tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football, which is only on Amazon Prime yeah. Video. Uh, Zachy Pooh is getting a start for the Jets again. And let's make this real clear. Zach Wilson did not suck last weekend. He just wasn't it. They should have won that game by two scores, and they didn't. And Zach Wilson was a big part of that. He was not terrible, but he wasn't as good as he needed to be. Does Zach Wilson ever become a a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? I don't
1: know about top 10, but I I, I think that I I think the answer to that question lies in what opportunities he gets. I mean, I I don't think with the Jets, he'll become that guy, but I think he needs to get to a better situation, and I've said this repeatedly. I said it before he was drafted. If he's going to the Jets, he's not going to be anything in the league because the Jets don't know how to develop quarterbacks, and we've seen it time and time again. But that's a good football team. Yeah, I guess. That's a good football team. How good? Like, I'm tired of saying the Jets are a good football team. They're a playoff team. Yeah, but they're not going to win anything. They're going to go to But in
0: the NFL, it's it's a stepping stone. Usually crappy teams like the Jets, and they've been bad for a long time. You take that next step up to the NFL playoffs, right? Right. And then you become a consistent contender. But it always starts with the quarterbacks. And speaking of quarterbacks, you guys, 19 teams are said to need a new quarterback. So let's play the game. Who in the NFL is going to need a new quarterback? Let's start with the bottom. Let's just go bottom 5-7 teams. The Houston Texans. Yes. The Denver Broncos. Uh, yes, but no, because
1: they're not, they're not moving on not okay. moving deal Okay,
0: Russell Wilson. I do not believe that Russell Wilson's the problem in Denver. I know that's probably, oh, my God, you're an idiot. What are you
1: talking about, bro? bro? Hey, bro, do bro. you even watch
0: Bronco games? What are you guys talking about? I don't think that Russell Wilson just forgot how to quarterback, bro. I think the issue is your coach is trash. That's what I think. Your coach is trash. Bottom line, your coach is trash.
1: Yeah, your your Hackett of a coach, hacked it up.
0: I think Nathaniel Hackett's an embarrassment as a head coach. Yeah. And I think if you bring in an offensive guy, because you have a really good defense in Denver, you just don't have an offense. Yeah. And if you bring in an offensive guy, I think you're going to be fine. You cannot tell me that Russ just forgot how to quarterback. Yeah. I don't buy that for a second. Uh, Indianapolis, absolutely. Pittsburgh, absolutely. Cleveland, done. The Las Vegas Raiders. And we have battled on this this week.
1: I think my... Okay, here's my main point. I don't think Derek Carr sucks or is some terrible quarterback. Better than Zach
3: Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, good.
1: good. Derek Carr is is good enough to take you to the playoffs, not good enough to win a Super Bowl. That's the problem. And I think that Oakland is not Oakland, Las Vegas, is not, LA, please is not elite enough as an organization
0: to go places. And Uh, that's the problem. I'm telling you now, Derek Carr is not the problem. And if you're in the group, and there's a huge group, if you're in the group that thinks if they had a better quarterback, they would be a better team, I disagree with you. Yeah, I, I, I just don't that, see that. I think
1: that the Raiders have been inept as an organization for a long time. Look at the Gruden and Mayock time. Look at, look at, look at the ownership. Look at how that all panned out. Like Derek Carr's been there through all of that. I agree. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And they're a terrible
0: it. defensive team.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. How? Like, I don't think it's all on Derek Carr, but I also don't think the guys sliced bread. You Bear, know, like, the
0: Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, they need a new quarterback.
0: No, they don't. Justin Fields is our guy. Okay. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, The L.A. Rams, yes. The Arizona Cardinals, yes. Whoa, the Rams have Baker. Come on. That's a good point. Did you guys hear Matthew Stafford? You want to talk about football hurting? Matthew Stafford has a spinal contusion. Dude,
1: I'm not here for spinal bruising.
0: By the way, uh, one other story this morning. Franco Harris, the uh, Hall of Famer for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, passed away this morning at the age of 72. And he is one of those guys, I, I, I'm probably aging myself. He is one of those guys that absolutely brought me to the NFL. Franco Harris and those Pittsburgh Steelers at the end of that run, I have memories as a kid. You know those foggy ass memories in the back of your head, yes. you're like, I remember what shag was that? carpeting. What was
1: I eating when I was watching that game? I remember like...
0: shag carpeting as a kid. I have those memories of Pittsburgh Steelers on the television as a kid. Franco Harris dies this morning at the age of 72, according to his family. So rest in peace, my friend. Make sure you get to Papa Murphy's Pizza and you use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty show. Papa
1: Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three,
2: add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the hog heaven pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's, change the way you pizza.
0: By the way, I should say, I, apo- I need to apologize. Let me single up. I'm pathetic. Uh, I need to apologize. I undersold the lead the meatball marinara pizza's back at papa murphy's pizza baby yeah uh, yeah i love that meat meatball marinara pizza and i'm telling you anything meatball or anything marinara fatty's in like I, I, you know chubbs mcgahee is is all about it i love me some some meatball marinara pizza at papa murphy's make yeah. sure you get it and use the promo code mati25 when you order your meatball marinara pizza uh seven o'clock on the monty show happy wednesday it really is our thursday because we're off this friday i just want to remind everybody what our schedule is because we're going to be off next week uh, for the holiday Uh, but we're starting our vacation this friday Uh, so we'll be off from friday to friday we will however be back on the show on monday january 2nd we will be back on the show monday january 2nd uh, so make sure that you, uh, you, uh, tune in Monday, January 2nd, by the way, on this fine here program presented program. by our good friends at the advocates, make sure you find them online at the The best injury attorneys in the business. And again, there's no upfront fee. There's no consultation fee. There are no big retainers. You can chat online right now with an attorney for free at the You can't miss it. It's a box right in the middle of the page. Talk to an attorney now. Click on it 24-7. You can chat with an attorney at The Advocates. Um, We are rapidly approaching 9,000 subs. And you guys have been amazing at supporting the show. We are now at 8,774, right? So 226 subs to go. Uh, I would ask you guys, all 109 of you that are watching the show right now, please go ahead and hit the like button. We are uh, approaching about 500 views this morning, and we only have 30 likes, so let's pump up those numbers. So we'll rookie numbers right. in this racket. Right, uh, Make sure that you go ahead and pump up those numbers. Hit the like button. That really helps the channel grow. The show is where we get to 150, 200 likes. We generally pick up 50 new uh, subscribers. Pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in so this racket. It really makes a difference. And again, if on Monday, January 2nd, We have 9,000 subscribers when the show starts. We will take you plus one to a jazz game to see Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs on Tuesday, January 10th. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. Make sure you get those uh, numbers pumped up. Right. Jeff Johnson says, no, Monty, for a week is going to suck. How could you take a vacation while on vacation? You jerks. What about me? Nobody cares about you. Like, what is Um, this? (laughs) You know, what is this? You know, the funny thing is, I was talking to Mrs. Monty last night. So, candidly, you guys, I will tell you, I've kind of been struggling lately. Uh, I've been like tired. I have been, there are times where I have been like frustrated lately. Well, you sleep till eight o'clock every day, right? Well, I, and I think I'm a little worn out. I think that I, so for the last several years, we have, I have gotten, you know, roughly four weeks of vacation a year. And every year for the last three years, I'd taken off the last two weeks of the year fully. And I have not done that this year because obviously we're in business for ourselves and, but the grind has really caught up to me and you know, like you, you just at some point hit the wall. And my wife has been telling me, dude, you're like crabby. You're a little shorter lately. Like yesterday it was funny. So we've been having trouble with our, our HVAC at the house. Right. Right. And so we had a guy come out and he supposedly fixed it, but now it looks like my Nest thermostat went bad. It won't connect to Wi-Fi. But I walked up to it yesterday to adjust some things and I got a major shock. Uh-huh. You know, like a static shock that you get? Yeah. It actually hurt my arm. It was such a big shock that it like had my hand tingling. There was like 20 minutes where my shoulder, my elbow hurt. Like it was a <laughs> real deal. <laughs> And I happen to have loudly voiced my displeasure with that. (laughs) And my wife was like, I just, I don't know, you know, you you just seem so short lately. And I do think that it is because I have, I just, you can only get up at 4 a.m. for so many days in a row before it starts taking a toll. Yeah. And in the winter, I snowboard pretty much Saturday and Sunday, although that's been less because Mrs. Monty broke her arm. But when I snowboard, I get up at 5 a.m. And that grind catches up to you. Yeah, you need. A, I I truly believe when you get up as early as we do, you need a day every week where you sleep till six o'clock, where you're getting eight hours of sleep, even if it's just once a week. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So the reason we're not doing shows is because we need the time off. We need to not get up. We need to not worry about show prep. I need to go to bed at. I'm well, st- that's what nobody talks about. Well, right? I, I you like- need to go to bed at nine. You need to get up at six. Like. You need to recharge the batteries because this is a, it, this is when you work for yourself. I think Chris Karn pointed this out the other day. Yeah. Um, you, when you work for yourself, it's a 24-7 gig, dude. Like there's no real days off. There's no, and it, so you tend to unplug as much as you can un, unplug. You know what I mean? Like it's just.
1: Yeah, but but I think what nobody talks about is that, yeah, sure. We get up at four and then we do the show, but, but I'm sure there are people who are like, well, what do you guys do the rest of the day? And it's like it depends on the day i mean i mean like today we have to do a bunch of video stuff you know uh at night like we have to like when the jazz are playing west coast games it kills us because the game doesn't start till like 8 eight thirty. 30 like when they play the warriors in the bay dude it's terrible like when they play the lakers it's brutal because they don't start till eight thirty. 30 yep. we got to at least watch the first half like it, it's terrible so like there's a lot that happens outside of the show. That's
0: that, that is work. Yeah. And by the way, I would also point out that we're going to be posting multiple YouTube shorts every single day. So it's not like we're not going to be posting content, but that stuff is fun. It, It, you know, uh, my Monty fan says driving back home from work trip to see the urologist. Uh Oh, Hate it, and thanks for keeping uh, my mind off of what is about to happen. I think that's hippo. Take care of your kidneys, boys, your urethra. Thank you. Um, man, I hope you're well, dude. Absolutely keep us up to date on that. Um, Jason says, WTF, Monty can't take a break. Who's going to entertain us, wow. right? Watch right. our shorts, man. You know, uh, Arlington Bears says uh, my wife and daughter both subbed yesterday. Appreciate Let's that. Go. Thank Let's you. go. Appreciate you. Uh, Greg Romano says Roman Gabriel, the first successful non-white quarterback, was my first pro football hero. Yeah. Uh, so Franco Harris passed away to this early this morning. It was announced that Franco passed away at the age of seventy-two. Like, who are your childhood heroes? I can I, unequivocally. There's one for me, and it was Walter Payton. And I remember when he announced at you know at a steakhouse on the radio with Dan Jiggetts in Chicago that he was dying. It was a traumatic moment for me. Like it was Walter Payton Bro, was my about, he was absolutely my childhood hero, and it really crushed me when he died. Like I cried when he died. It was really difficult. Um, but I, I mean, there were other guys like there's a hockey player named Steve Larmer, who was my favorite hockey player growing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dennis Savard, Al Secord, Ed Belfour, like the old Blackhawks were absolutely my favorite. Ryan Sandberg as a kid, um, was everything that I wanted in a professional athlete. Like I only started playing baseball because of Rhino, like my dog's name is Rhino. Like it, I have so many good memories in my childhood around sports figures. Yeah. Um, like I can tell you Walter Payton, Mike Singletary, Richard Dent, Al, you know, just so many like Gary Fensick, talking to Gary Fensick for the first time. I had an absolute man crush on the guy. Like it was crazy. So uh, when you hear a name, like, you know, hall of famer, Franco Harris is dead this morning at 72, boy, it's just crushing. So I'd love to hear your names, uh, from your childhood who, you know, who, like, who were your childhood heroes? Jeremy Bolton uh, says, we talk Bulls 24-7. Well, you guys want to fill in on the show, you know. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, Euretha Franklin, good luck. Yeah, seriously, am I a Monty fan? Good luck. Uh, Appreciate you. Um, You know, like, I, I just, yeah, let's see. Yes, Kurt, the Mayor and Soaker Show, book it. So are you guys talking about like (laughs) fillings Tanner and Jeremy Bolton hosting the show? That's amazing. Uh, San Diego state says as an OG Raider nation fan who lived 95% of the rivalry, I say, sorry for your loss. Pittsburgh Steelers. That is all I will say. Other, uh, other than team hate one Steelers, two Patriots, three chiefs. Who? Yeah. Like what do you have a team that you hate?
1: A team that I hate. Yeah. Um, man, uh the packers for sure i hate the packers i think the uh, green bay
0: packers arsenal my the used, soccer club i hate I arsenal used to, i used to hate the
1: dodgers but after the astros debacle uh i've i've come to accept the dodgers into my sporting life uh, i hate the
0: st louis cardinals yes who in the nfl do i hate man that's a long list the seahawks uh no i don't hate the seahawks i i'm not a big pete carroll fan i think he's a fraud uh I don't I absolutely hate. And by the way, it's okay to hate in sports, not in life. I hate the Seattle Seahawks. No, I don't. I hate the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Yes I do. I hate the Packers. Yeah. Um I am a <sighs> I don't know that I hate the New England Patriots. Cuz now I've come to a place in my life, rectally speaking, where I just understand that they beat everybody. <laughs> I hate Bill Belichick. I though.
1: thought you said rectally speaking. I did.
0: Absolutely. I, they court out my a bunch of dudes. My fucking uh, I respect Bill Belichick, but man, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. Absolutely, I hate that guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bo Jackson and Howie Long. Love that. Uh, Jason says, Monty is my new hero. Okay. okay. BTS Dance Studio liked Kurt Warner. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff Johnson, Tim Salmon, let's go. What, no Garrett Anderson jerseys on sale that day? Remember that team? Yeah. Darren Erstad, Tim Salmon. Oh, my God. The Angels that should have won but never did. Dieter Brock, holy cow. Uh, Yes, Marcus Dupree, absolutely. Kurt Meyer says, uh, Tanner can broadcast from tracks and we can bring in duck season for agitation. Could do that. Whoever like came up with that win. shit, to be fired. BTS Dance Studio says Dat Wynn. Who likes Dat Win? I mean, he's not a bad guy. That's just such an obscure name. Uh, Maury Alvarez says, Bo Jackson was my hero. That guy was a beast. So one of the best things I ever did was book Bo Jackson on the Jim Rome TV show. Like I was, I was a producer on Jim's show. And my, one of my main jobs was booking guests. And they had tried to get Bo Jackson for years and Bo would never do the show. I showed up and it just so happened, he was launching something called the Bo Jackson Better Bar. And so I was able to finagle him to fly to Los Angeles, come in studio and do a sit down with Jim Rome. And when he walked out of the airport into the limo I was waiting in with him, to ride back from Burbank airport to the Fox lot in Hollywood was an amazing conversation. Bo Jackson was a freaking stud, dude. Yeah, That guy, man. Uh, San Diego State says I cried when Cliff Branch died. Oh, another great story. So Cliff Branch, I did the Oakland Raiders pre and post game show for several years in Sacramento. And every year they would have the Raider kickoff bash and Cliff Branch was there. And Cliff Branch and I did a couple of shows together and he was just the best dude. Like he was just hanging out, talking. He gave me his phone number. Like he was unbelievable. Like, it was so good to talk to Cliff Branch and just get to know him a little bit. But, yeah, that's, that was tough. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Mrs. Aztec witnessed that episode. A big part of that was him not being voted in the Hall of Fame before passing. Still bitter over that. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Uh, Arlington Bear says, Monty, love it when you talk old school Chicago sports. We grew up in the same Chicago era. It's one of the reasons I love the show. Jody, Jody Davis is why I played catcher. Do you know who Jody Davis no. is? No. You don't. No, you you don't know. Do you know who Keith? Moore, I'm glad. Do you know you, who Keith glad, Moreland is? I'm glad that you guys
1: got to grow up in the golden era of Chicago sports names. Yeah, Must I did nice. text
0: Jake the other day last night, and I said, "Can just one Chicago team be any <laughs> any good?" There was an athletic article about the dysfunction inside the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Uh, Giggity says Shannon Sharp, you're a liar. You are not a fan of Shannon Sharp. Is that true? Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Willie Galt, the fridge, Mike Singletary, that's the Bears team was so much fun to watch. Willie Galt is one of the nicest guys in the world. One of the nicest guys. Broke my heart when he went from the Bears to the LA Raiders, but I became a Raider fan because of that. Yeah. Really good dude, though. Raptor 88 says Michael Jordan for sure. Uh, they did win the World Series in 2002, but they needed to win, like they should have won more.
2: Who?
0: Like the, the Angels. Oh, yeah. They beat Barry Bonds and the Giants. Yeah. But they should have won more. Like you just wanted more from Troy Percival. You just wanted more from Darren Erstad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just wanted more. Uh, Pied Piper says I signed a poster. I had a signed poster of AK forty seven in my room for a long time. What a stud that guy. Oh, TJ McVeigh. This is amazing. I love doing this. I know it's probably. I know it's probably not compelling programming for you guys, but. Who are your favorite childhood athletes? Dominique Wilkins, my good old friend, Brent Zagorski, and I were huge Dominique fans. How do you fans. Even have friends with these kind of names?
1: Like, how does that even happen? I don't know. Zagorski and, yeah, you know, like. you know,
0: he lived across the street from me in good old Round Lake Beach, Illinois. And um, Brent and I were huge Dominique Wilkins fans. We both had the caricature t-shirts of Dominique Wilkins. You remember those cartoon t-shirts from the NBA era? Yeah, we both had those. Uh, BTS says young ho ku." okay you have got to be are you you must be on the Pacific Rim you must be uh I'm not gonna say that name Brett Robbins you're not gonna yeah, get me to luck. do it good luck you're not gonna get me to do it I'm not happening Jeremy says Steve Young yeah okay that's absolutely respectable uh you guys think Markinen shoots better than Jordan Clarkson yes without question there's no doubt about it yeah I think he's more consistent I like Jordan Clarkson a lot. There were a lot of comments yesterday in the on the YouTube uh, comment section about that I hate Jordan Clarkson. I don't hate Jordan Clarkson. To be really clear about this, Jordan Clarkson is frustratingly good because he's so bad at times. You know what he's capable of when he's stroking the three well, and you know when he's not turning the ball over or getting into the paint and throwing it out of bounds, like. The turnovers are so frustrating from him. Biggest kicking the balls you'll ever yeah, get. Yeah, because they're just not necessary. Yeah, Jordan Jordan is a great player is a great player when he's on. Yeah, he's a terrible player when he's not. Uh, Mike Maple says sweetness, Bo Christian Okoye. Christian Okoye. Ronnie Lot man doing doing radio shows in San Francisco with Ronnie Lot, amazing, amazing. Uh, let's see, Rick Condi says love the show. Would you share with friends and family if the f bombs went? Away? Would share with. Friends and family, if the F-bombs went away. We've had this discussion a lot. A lot. Um, fucking Cole Beasley. Well, <laughs> why? Why would you do that to Rick Condon? <laughs> you know, we've, we've thrown That's this around. Man. We've thrown this around a lot. We don't, I, I am somebody that in the regular, I curse often, just not on the show. I don't curse a lot on the show. I used to curse all the time and I have, I just don't do it. But Jake through the drop machine curses all the time. And that's one of my if You're offended by that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, But I don't know you guys, I, I, the comment section again, I, I, it's a
1: great question. I'd love feedback. Does the cursing in the drops or cursing on the regular bother you?
0: Yeah, I think it's a
1: great question. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I I, I think, I think that we don't curse a ton. I do agree that there's cursing in the drops. There is, but some of the cursing is some of the best drops there is.
0: Oh my God. Uh, Tommy Maddox from BTS. Cam Harrison says, I grew up in the bulls here with Jordan. Do you know who Dave Corzine is? Kurt Myers, again, we've told the Jimmy Mac story a thousand times on yeah. this show. Yeah. Uh, Mervin Fernandez, good. Lord. Harold Miner, yes, yes. Harold Miner. Um, Jeff Johnson says, yeah, that's fair, and we've been cur- uh, cursed ever since. Being an Angels fan hurts. It does. Ownership, it's man. A, I'm telling you, two words: move on. Yeah. Um, he did real. Yeah. Cam Harrison says, Spud Webb. Yes, I. That's one of the best. Dunk contest wins I've ever seen. Spud Webb. I lived in Northbrook, Illinois, I think the year he won. And I remember watching on the rabbit ears. Spud Webb win the dunk contest. Uh, Mark Hale says Steve Largent and Ken Griffey Jr. No doubt about it. Largent's a stud. Uh, Jason says Tiger Woods. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, am I the only one that's excited that, that Charlie Woods is going to be a stud and that that's going to keep Tiger around it. golf? Golf needs it. Absolutely. Uh, you know let's see um, Alex Chacon says that's a Midwest name if I've ever heard it yeah. okay which one your friend Brett Brent Zagorski Brent Zagorski yes there you go uh, I grew up in the Stockton Maloney era and man that was a magical time for Utah but wasn't it Do you it?
1: see what I mean so we, we give my generation a bunch of crap about how we don't know all these names and it's like you guys were 20 were something when all these names were here like you guys got to grow up in the golden era of of Jordan. What it must be like. Yeah. Jesus.
0: I, cheese and rice, please. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, you can't do away with the vaccine drop. Oh, the vaccine drop. Well, I mean, and I'm telling you, Michael Rappaport talking about, so Cole Beasley was a wide receiver for the Bills, was now again is a wide receiver it for the Bills. fucking Cole Beasley. <laughs> and Cole Beasley was on Michael Rappaport's <laughs> fantasy team. And Cole Beasley, you gotta play the full drop here in a minute. Yeah, I got it. Cole Beasley dropped a pass and Rappaport got on TikTok and lost his mind it's over it. Fucking vaccination genius, scientific expert, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Talking about Cole Beasley, because Beasley essentially got kicked off the bills because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Fucking Cole Beasley. <laughs> But do you
1: see what I mean? <laughs> oh Some my of God. the best drops are the cursing oh drops, dude.
0: It, it's, it's, I, I I'm just telling, ta- and I really, I really try not to curse on this show. Sometimes when I get rolling, it just happens. Right. But coming from I'm a, a man. yeah, coming from a radio background, I don't often curse. It's just not acceptable on broadcast radio. Right. But on YouTube, I think, I think it doesn't, yes, you yes, know, yes. Well, and, and listen, to linda i I respectfully disagree your opinions are your own but youtube does not like the f-bomb that's for sure in the comments like the written comments they don't like it they filter it yeah but spoken word youtube has no problem with it and statistics tell you there was just a whole statistical analysis on a massive massive research dump on what people want on on shows like this they want it on video they want honest opinions, they want to laugh, and they don't care about cursing. And most people responded, and I can go back and find it, I, I believe, most people responded that they do not mind blue language, which is cursing, and, fucking- and, they, <laughs> and they actually like it. So I, I you know like that's why I, I, we, yeah. And you know what, it, it's fine. Uh, by the way, we're approaching 1,000 views on the show this morning, only 44 likes, so all 120 of you, please. While you're uh, go busy ahead and,
1: cursing, go ahead and hit the yeah, like button. Go ahead know? and
0: curse the like button if you wouldn't mind. OG says, I like F-bombs. Rick uh, Condi says, LOL. Thank you. Uh, Pied Piper says, I like it. Uh, Maury Alvarez says, Carl Malone for sure. I used to always do his free throw mantra, even though I did not. Ne- I never knew what it actually was. You have to. I like that. Uh, Brent Burnett says, uh, cursing is a sign of a dull mind. Actually, it's not a sign of a dull mind. Um, Kurt Meyer says, my dad outjumped Wilt Chamberlain on a tip-off. Love, Wilt the Stilt. Really? <laughs> really? Uh, Tulan says, to be clear, I don't think you guys curse a lot. We don't. Uh, Mark says, the cursing doesn't help your show. Probably doesn't. Uh, Arlington Bears, Dave Oh. Tragedy and awesomeness. Uh, Matt Suey, Mongo McMichael, Gary Fensick. January 26, 1986 was the only day we skipped church as a kid. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bears win the Super Bowl. Oh, BTS says uh, Rocket Ishmael. I, I should not tell this story. Rocket Ishmael takes the kick back against Michigan. And I am jumping up and down. I had a, a, a metal Notre Dame trash can. It's about yay yay high off the table, right? I was such a Notre Dame fan. Crying in elation. And then my a-hole brother's like, there's a flag, fat ass. And Ah. I will never remember, I will never forget laying on the floor in my living room. Crying my heart out. Because Rocket Ishmael, that touchdown did not count. That was so upsetting. (laughs) And by the way, another guy who I man-crushed over... I think probably the biggest man crush I've ever had, though, was Walter Payton. The first time I ever met Walter Payton was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Let's see. Teddy Wayman says, Morning, guys. Cursing is what makes the drops great. Agreed. Jeff Johnson. The cursing doesn't bother me personally, but I can't listen to a show around the house with the wife and kids running around. When I'm at work in Cougar Nation, it's all good, though. (laughs) Okay. No, that's not fun. Uh, Goose Gossage. Yes. The late Goose Gossage. MY Monty fan says, loved every player on the dream team. Spud, Neek, MJ was my favorite. Warren Moon, Steve Young, Don Beebe coming from behind on, on Leon Lett. Jerry Rice. Wow, that came out wrong. Vladimir Guerrero, 20, 2002 Angels bullpen. Yes. Yes. Uh, Rick Condi says, uh, your show would love to elevate it further. Real talk. Okay, how? We can curse less. Well, he you got to curse less. Uh, UC Regent Gumby says, hey. Dave Corazine played for the Bulls 82 to 89. Yes, he did, Cam. Troy Cushing says, pick me, LOL. I do. TJ McVay says, I lived in Atlanta when Spud won and Dominique lost to Jordan, not still bitter. Dominique shouldn't have lost to Jordan, but well, it was at the Chicago Michael Stadium. Michael Jordan. At the Chicago Stadium. Michael Jordan. No you know what sad. I mean? At the Chicago Stadium. You guys are amazing. Um, Let's see. My Monty fan says, this show is uh, is a cleaner locker room. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, cursing is fine. I do a lot watching BYU. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) You probably do. You probably do. Danny Ainge. Greg Romano, is Danny Ainge one of your favorite athletes? Okay, there you go. Um, Let's see. San Diego State says, I just hit the John Brown frickin' frackin' like button. My granddad's version of Cursing, exactly right. Well, like, you got to say cheese and rice. You can't say JC. You got to say cheese and rice. You got to, like, there are some things, like, I say flipping a lot. Uh-huh. I try, the C word really bothers me. It used to be a word I would never say, but I, you know, like, there's just some curse words I hate that I'll never say.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the truth is is that is that there's always going to be people on both sides of this fence. You know, there there are people who are going to say, oh, well, you're dumb for cursing. And I disagree with that, right? And then there's going to be people who are like, oh, cursing doesn't bother me. And then there's going to be people who are like, oh, well, I can't listen to it around the family, but I love the show, and cursing doesn't bother me personally, Yeah, which I totally get. So yeah i can go through the 16 pages of 50 drops a page and clean out the cursing i can do that yeah but cursing in my opinion is what makes is what it's what separates this show from a traditional radio show it's what separates it from just any other show i also think that the the like Commercial breaks and a bunch of other things that we don't do or do is what separates it, and I think yep. it kind of plays together.
0: I agree. The Monty Show presented by our good friends at the Advocates, theadvocates.com. Let's get into the uh, Utah Jazz because I'm going to ignore this comment right here because nobody likes Aaron yeah, Rodgers. No. What are you talking um, about, dude? Yeah, come on, come on,
1: come on, guy. You're, you're lying. Where to is
0: Aaron right now? You're lying to yourself. Uh, the Utah Jazz win one twenty six one eleven over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Laurie Markkinen leads the Jazz with 38. And I feel like we talk about this on a regular basis here on the show. Is Laurie Markkinen number one? I, I think he's a very good number two. And if you're going to win a championship, I, I, I tend to agree with the people who have said he's a three on a championship team in in that he's a third option. But for this team, he's your best player, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think you got to give him the ball. And it was actually refreshing last night, Jake, to see – the Utah Jazz running plays and pick and rolls to get Laurie open looks in the in the third and fourth quarter, and he knocked it down.
1: Yeah, one. Well, I think Will Hardy gave him extra run. I mean, you, you played 38 minutes last night. Like he hasn't even come close to sniffing those kind of minutes. And I think that Laurie needs those kind of minutes. He should have those kind of minutes. He's the best player on the team, in my opinion. He's the most well-rounded player on the team. And I think that that when you're when you're that guy, you should carry the minutes load. And and I don't, for the life of me, understand why will was limiting minutes with him i i think that you know i definitely wouldn't allow him to get over 40 minutes unless it's an overtime game but in regulation yeah i'd be i'd be 36 to 38 minutes a night i'd be i'd have him on a regular rotation where he plays the same window every single night no matter what the game is and and just do that like why would you not do that
0: yeah i don't know and the thing that concerns you a little bit is this team is now falling into rotations like you can see you're Will Hardy's no longer trying to figure it out the boys he's running with are the boys he's running with and so guys like THT they're falling out of the rotation he's going to play three to seven minutes in garbage time now that appears to be the situation like without Colin Sexton who I think when he comes back I think you've got to immediately plug him right back in and try to get him rolling as quickly as you can But without Colin Sexton, you're seeing Nikhil Alexander-Walker get significant run. And I think one of the things that you see in Detroit last night, I thought the minutes distribution was quite interesting. Rudy Gay playing 22 minutes last night. And what did you text me? Guy's broke. Guy's garbage. Can't make a shot. The shot looks fine.
1: He just can't make
0: it. Two of seven, one of two from three. And he gives you four rebounds, two steals, a block, eight points. He is a a 10-minute-a-night guy. Now, last night he plays 22. But if you look at Nikhil Alexander Walker last night, 19 minutes, one of four, oh, of three from three, and he gives you two points. Yeah. But, boy, he played well. Yeah. And I know that the numbers don't bear that out. I think that's what you're starting to see, is that you have now a real idea of who's going to get minutes. My question is, when Colin Sexton comes back, and, and, you know, furthermore, I'll talk about it with Kelly Olenek as well, like – who, who's going to lose minutes? Because already, Fontecchio is not getting minutes, right? You, you're seeing THT not getting minutes. You're looking at the guys off the bench last night, you know, like the, the Agbajis, Balmeros, THTs, like those guys just aren't going to get minutes. Right. You know, in my opinion, Balmero and, and Agbaji are probably G League players right now. And my guess is they'll get pushed down when those other guys come back. Yeah. But you're not taking minutes from Beasley, who I think... By the way, how about this mid-range game that 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 Beasley's showing you? Yeah, like that's pretty dang impressive from Malik.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that he's got he's got good enough handle and athleticism to get to certain spots, I, and I like his aggressiveness. I think Beasley Beasley is what I I'd like to see out of Jordan Clarkson more. I'd like to see more more controlled aggression, not just sort of. Going all over the place. And I think it's a very key thing to sort of learn and master. But Beasley understands that he doesn't have the same green light that Jordan Clarkson does. Like from three, Beasley can shoot it every single time. They're good with that. But if Beasley's going to take it off the dribble, he better make the right play. And I felt like he did that last night.
0: Yeah. And I, I really like what Will Hardy is becoming as a coach. I really like the stone jawline, I really like the glare. I really like the pat on the ass. I really like that this guy is becoming an NBA head coach right in front of our eyes. And you can see that he's trying different things. He's experimenting with rotations. Because again, the reason I brought up the the minute distro last night is because Nikhil Alexander Walker, Malik Beasley, and Rudy Gay are the guys that got minutes. I think when when Olinik and Sexton come back, I think you're gonna see a very different, you're gonna see a very different rotation I think you're going to see that Walker Kessler is probably going to go back to the bench, which means Dokes not going to get any minutes, in my opinion, which is exactly how it should be. I think you're going to see that Kessler's going to come off the bench. I think Sexton's going to come off the bench. Now, who's going to pay the price for Colin Sexton's return? My guess is it's going to be the Agbaji, Balmeros, the THTs. Those guys at the bottom of the roster are not going to play any minutes at all. Because Colin Sexton's is going to be a 25, 30 minute a night guy, yeah. as he should be. Because what are you also seeing last night? That Mike Conley only plays 26 minutes because you have to manage his loads. Right, right, right. You yeah, know, right. Um, so I think you're seeing that without all of your, your pieces fully healthy, Will Hardy is still making adjustments in rotations, and I like it. The guy that is now perplexing even more so after his performance last night is Jared Vanderbilt where is this left-handed teardrop shot in the paint bin? Because I, I, I haven't seen that this year. Yeah. And, and I know I'm a casual and I don't watch jazz basketball, but I haven't seen Jared Vanderbilt with a lefty hook like that. Yeah, And the the bunnies that he had last night, the ability to get up and down off the floor yeah. repeatedly,
3: yeah.
0: I haven't seen that this year. Very casual. Now, it concerns you a little bit with the elbow injury. That concerns you. But you look at the way that he played last night, that's the Vando that I think is a guy you can have on this team. Every other night, that you got to trade that guy. Yeah, in my opinion.
1: Well, and I think that again, I think coming out of the Cavs game, Will Hardy had conversations, and and I and I think that you know you talk about stone jawline and stairs, and yeah. you know, being being that guy, like you have to say to a guy like Vando, hey, like it's not good enough right now. Like it's just not. Like you you need to be producing offensively. You need to be giving us more than ten boards a game. Like. Like, it's got to be a double-double every night out of you to be yeah. valuable.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting to see where where this ends up with this rotation. I, I'm fascinated by it. And I think Vando's a guy that I just don't know right now. I feel like I don't understand where he... I don't understand where he fits in Mm -hmm. in the long-term scheme of this team. Right. Because again, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm probably trading Jared Vanderbilt. If Phoenix is that hot to get him, please take him. Give me a draft pick. I will, because I don't right now. And again, maybe I'm wrong. And I would love to hear from you guys in the comments section on this. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't view Jared Vanderbilt as a guy that you have to hang on to. Right. I don't view him as a guy that you can't do without. And if you do, I'd love to hear that because generally I feel pretty confident in what I see. Like, I think when you look at Jared Vanderbilt, that's a guy that is, in my opinion, 8, 9, 10 guy off of a championship bench. I look at Laurie Markenham. He's a third option on a championship team. Uh-huh. I look at Malik Beasley, invaluable player on a championship team, but he is, I think, a guy that the Jazz have to leverage for trade assets. I think there is change coming to this roster still even yet. I just don't know, though, how good Jared Vanderbilt can be. Yeah, I don't know. Is his upside all-star caliber?
1: Um, I think that's the best he could ever be. I I think what he's likely to be is, you know, it depends if he gets a little stronger and gets a little more willing to bang with guys, you know? Like, I feel like he's willing to go up and try to fight for rebounds, but if he knew how to... Move guys the way, you know, Bobby Portis does, let's say, or like some sort of bench player like that. I think he'd be way more effective if you could consistently give it to him, you know, five to seven times a game and he goes left handed into the paint with that little teardrop shot he's got. That's valuable. I mean uh, a 15 and 18 performance out of, of a guy like Vando or 13 and 18 or whatever, a double yeah. double, that's valuable. That's contribution. Now, we haven't even gotten to defense yet because I think he has work to do on defense, but that again goes right back to will he get stronger? Will he kind of grow into that body? I think he I think he needs to do more because if he was stronger, I agree. you could if you were a guy that could play three positions defensively and effectively, then you have a lot of value then the the hey i can't shoot but 30 percent from three doesn't you know there's not as much heartburn there you know
0: yeah but i i also think the weight room is going to be critically important for this team in the off season i mean if you look at i think laurie could get stronger walker kessler's a guy i think that's got to put on he has to a pretty good amount of muscle i think you you look at evando he's got to put some on like you have a, a young group of guys that that have got to really learn how to bang in this league. Yeah, especially when you're in the front court, I think you you have to bang. And Do I, you think you even lift when you're playing the three, four, five in the NBA, you're gonna. It's it's still a physical style of basketball down there. And making your living in the paint is never going to be an easy thing to do. in this you I mean, Seriously, like, I, I think when you look at Kessler and you look at Vando taking those shots to the head last night and... Yeah, dude. I mean, it's a tough place to make a living. So I, I'll, I'll be interested to see exactly how, you know, those guys go about doing their business because I think they've got to get stronger. But again, I think we are in... We are not in full-time long-term mode with this roster. Yeah. I think guys like Vandy, Vando and guys like Kessler, and they've got to earn their spots on this team. I mean, I, I think we're seeing Walker Kessler improve on a pretty regular basis. Yes. The, the ability to left hand block, the ability to rebound, finish in tight quarters, like, I think Walker Kessler's upside could absolutely be all star. Uh huh. I don't see it with Vanderbilt. Well, and I like Walker
1: Kessler's hustle too. He's always running running up the floor as a big.
0: All right, let's get your thoughts in here on the Utah Jazz. Uh, Rick Condi says unsubscribed, my loss. Okay. Okay. My bad. I I I don't know. Uh Brent Burnett says uh Rudy Gay needs to find his shot. Yeah, he does. Quickly. He does. Because I I just think when you're Rudy Gay. You know, the hard part is when you're fighting for minutes, and he is absolutely fighting for minutes. When Kelly Olenek comes back, I don't know that he has a spot on this this team in the regular rotation. You're going to have spotty minutes. You're not going to be sharp. You're just not. You're that fourth-line center who occasionally gets a shift, right? Yes. He's a guy that's going to have to be good no matter what. You know, he's really going to have to figure that out. Luis Capazzo says, Rudy Gay needs to find another team. He is an awkward fit here. I mean, he has value around the league because he's a vet and he can still shoot the three. Uh, Brent Burnett says, V8 just has a motor needs to play with more control but gotta love the hustle you do i mean yeah, he's the, a work hard guy for yeah, sure and the effort and the energy yeah. i think is is absolutely a skill
1: but i just think that last night you saw like what his best looks like right now as a player i mean that was yes definitely one of his best performances of the year and i think you know again we can't discount that will hardy's growing as a coach too like i i think that again i'm gonna keep saying it like i think that this team in every area needs to be more consistent like Will Hardy's got to continue to be that hard ass on these guys. You have does, to keep yes. them in line. I don't care what your name is or how long you've been in the league. We have to play a certain way to win games. That's just how it's got to be here.
0: I don't know. I I think one of the things that's so interesting to me is I just want to understand what the what the what the development plan for a guy like Vando is. Because if if I'm the Jazz, I can't, in my opinion, I can't heavily invest in a guy that's so limited offensively. Yeah. That's the thing that's concerning for me is if he goes to town this summer and comes back with a smooth three-point stroke, whether he shoots 25% or 45%, if that three-point stroke is improved, it really elevates his value and elevates his uh, ability to be a consistent contributor on this club. Yeah. If if Vando can knock down the three at just thirty percent. Well, and it makes it allows you space to floor much better, which also is an issue for this team. Yeah. I, I, I think that's that's a very interesting conversation. Brett says I would trade Vando uh for a pick or two uh for John Isaac. I don't know. Do you get John Isaac for Vando? Mm, Maybe probably yeah. Mm, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Um Let's see. Uh, Boyd Lake says Kurt Myers BYU hired Sione Poua. They did, and it's a huge hire, by the way. I think that is, I think that is a really good hire, a really, really good hire. Yeah. Um. In my opinion. Uh. And look at that. Jeremy Bolton agrees with me on something. Uh. Boyd Lake, such a good hire. Glad to see BYU defensive coaching coming together. From all reports, uh, he's, uh, from all report uh, p- reports. Uh, Sione is an incredible recruiter. Well, and from what I understand, his ability to build relationships with his players, he is a guy that can quickly be trusted by a by a young player, and I think that's a that's a skill. Absolutely, Brent uh, says it's nice to see Kessler play a lot of minutes. Smith said it well. He is doing the hardest thing, which can't be taught easily, uh, while the things he lacks can be taught. I agree. Walker Kessler needs to be. A a what's the right way to say this? His instincts need to kick in more quickly, and you you just see sometimes he's a tick late on a on a block shot because right now he is a thinker instead of a reactor, and when he reacts the shot block comes easily because he's got such long arms and hands, but when he thinks you can tell he's like got a the, oh got to swing it though it's in the bucket yeah so he just needs that quicker you know synapse to fire yeah and I think you're seeing that that's happening more and more that's happening more and more it, it is I think it's incredible Robin yeah. says Vando is a poor man Siakam yeah I think Pascal's far better far far better well no, um, that's what he's saying
1: Vando is you know not nearly as good as Siakam but his game is
0: similar yep yeah. uh let's see Jeff Johnson says walked in into my shop to hear Jake uh talking about banging guys What the hell happened while I was gone?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we got into some more personal, relational stuff. Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, we're all
0: good listeners, Jake. If you need to unload some stuff, um, because that came out wrong. If you need to talk about your feelings, let's talk about it. You know? Right. We're good listeners. Let's talk about it. I know. You know? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I believe Sioni was last at the U coaching D-line a year ago. He was uh, correct. Scott Howard says, I really like Vando. I'd be open to moving him depending on what's coming back. Can uh, I Johnson? What's up, bud? He says, what do you guys think about Dame passes uh, Clyde Drexler? Am I a jerk for saying I wish he'd get out of Portland? I-, I want Damian Lillard to have the ball in his hand with an NBA championship on the line. That's what I think. He's a heck of a player. He's had a great career. I just don't feel like they're even close to a championship in Portland. And I know that's me probably being a jerk. They're not, and, they're not. like yeah. they're not. Yeah. I just don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's close. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, but you're always close to a barbecue pit stop because they have five Utah locations from Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Murray. Uh, and it is your gift giving headquarters in the comments. Are you guys done Christmas shopping yet? Um, because there's not a better place to buy, you know, the the smoker, griller, barbecue nut in your life, a gift than barbecue pit stop at bbqpitstop.com or any of their five locations. You want a small gift? Great, they have these great seasoning sets that are great stocking stuffers. You want a big gift? They have a trigger smoker. They have a Yoder, a big green egg. Yeah, you name it, they've got it at barbecue pit stop. And the best part about the guys at bbq pit stop is, they're really good dudes to do business with and. I can't say that enough on this show. We really value personal relationships. We really value, you know, again, we talk to the guys in Lehigh a lot. Steve in Lehigh is just an absolute pleasure to do business with. Massive entrepreneur, really business growth mindset. And so they give you incredible service at Barbecue Pit Stop. So when you chat with them online, you can ask them, hey, Monty said you could tell me how to, you know, how to finish off this brisket for Christmas. Hey, do I really need to let it rest? Do I really have to wrap it and put it in a cooler, or can I just set it on a on a plate on a counter before I slice it up? Yeah, you know, hey, what's the best seasoning for my Christmas roast? What's the best seasoning for X Y Z? Hey, you know, I'm making wings for the Rose Bowl. Do you guys have a seasoning? Monty keeps talking about this asado seasoning. You can chat with them online. Go into any of their five stores. Again, uh, Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, Saint Jeezy, and in Murray uh on state street they're all just good dudes to do business with make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty show um let's see uh let's see Luis Capazzo says Monty you're not wrong Dame needs a ring and it isn't going to happen in Portland totally agree totally agree with that yeah um let's see Scott Howard says hate to bring up a racial issue oh boy Okay, uh, but I'd love it if a reporter would ask Clarkson and Conley what their view are of Utah and their experiences, especially after what Don had to say. Yeah, you know. Uh, BTS says AD for Booker. Never going to happen. Well, and this is an interesting thing. Like the Lakers situation, I think, is the number one trade domino in the NBA, in my opinion. The Lakers are still hanging on to these two first-round picks they have, and I just don't know what you're waiting for at this point. It, it, at a minimum, you've got to trade Russ. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you have, and I, and I don't know that I can overstate this point. If you're the Lakers, you have the goods to contend in the Western Conference right now. Uh-huh. You do. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis are not part of that. Because they're just, I, I, you need, as a sixth man, Russell Westbrook's phenomenal. But with Anthony Davis out, you need more from him. But you've got LeBron James. I don't think anybody in the world knows who Lonnie Walker is. I don't think anybody has an idea. Right. And I look at the fact that they're managing LeBron's load right now and he's missing games because of it. I look at the fact that they are a team, in my humble opinion. Right. They're a team that, like, you look at Sacramento tonight, they're playing Sacramento. How on earth is Sacramento a six-point home favorite over the Los Angeles flipping Lakers. <laughs> I, I mean, with all due respect to Sacktown. Cause they're gonna run them out of the building. dude. They, they probably are. And you look at that lineup that beat the Wiz the other night, and you see that, you know, hey, look at LeBron James with 33, Thomas Bryant with 16, Dennis Schroeder with 12, Austin Reeves with 12. You look at Lonnie Walker with 21. And they got 25 off the bench. Total, yeah. total from Christy Westbrook and Jones. Russell Westbrook, 23 minutes, 4 of 12, 9 points. Oof. You're not winning anything with Russ performing at that level. And I agree, he's a six-man. You've got to trade him. And Anthony Davis, that ship has sailed. And I don't mean to repeat the same point that I said the other day. They're wasting LeBron's legacy in yes. Los Angeles. Yes, They are wasting him. And in, in my opinion, one of the biggest travesties is, you're wasting one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA, who still got a lot to give. You After
3: don't have to. Hey, man,
0: you don't have to like LeBron, but you have to respect what he's done as a player. Yeah. The guy should have an opportunity to win five, six, seven rings in Los Angeles, but it's not going to happen because they're too terrified to act. That's what it comes across to from me. Genie Buss and Rob Palinka are just frozen by fear because they don't want any more fan backlash. And unless they're going to get over that, and unless and until they get over that, LeBron James is destroying his legacy, what should be a five and six championship in Los Angeles, because they just won't act. They're too scared to trade Anthony Davis, and I think it's absolutely cutting off their nose to spite their face, because they don't want to look bad doing it. And I just... I, it's remarkable to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the Lakers in, in this incarnation have just lost a sense of who they are. I mean, I think that, that there's it, it, like this situation would have never been acceptable on a Kobe team or, you know, like you just, that just not how the organization operated. You, you, you didn't like, there was no patience for what Russ has done or AD's injuries. You weren't going to, you weren't going to sit around and wait for AD to take some more Advil to see if he could come back into the game. You weren't doing that. You were saying, all right, dude, you're hurt more than you're healthy. We're trading you. Like,
0: that's what it is. Yeah, and by the way, there's an interesting tweet out just now from Adrian Wojnarowski, a woge bomb. Atlanta's president of basketball operations, uh, Travis Schlenk, is moving into a senior advisory role. GM Landry Fields will oversee basketball operations – Schlenk's acquired significant talent, including um, including Trey Young and reached the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. Schlank has multiple years left on his contract and will remain the organization working with owner Tony Ressler. Fields was promoted to GM in June. And why this is significant is because there, is, there has been incredible dissent in the hierarchy of that organization on what to do with their roster. And Landry Fields has won. Yeah, That's what that says to me. I'm for real. And I think you're going to see that they are probably, this is make or break time for Trey Young in Atlanta now. Yep. Because they've gone out and with the DeJounte Murray trade and, you know, trying to remake that roster, I still think it's awkward with su- such a big, heavy roster in the front court. I think you're going to see that they're going to make significant trades now. And I think John Collins, I still maintain the Jazz are in the driver's seat for John Collins. Because I think there is a three-team trade, and we've talked about it on this show repeatedly. There is a three-team trade between Atlanta, Utah, and Phoenix to be made here. And I wonder if Phoenix is going to wind up trading Jay Crowder now. I wonder if the ownership change has any impact on that. Um, But they absolutely have to trade Jay Crowder. And if the Jazz give up Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt to get John Collins and an expiring deal, plus draft picks, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. I, I really don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. But that Woj bomb on Atlanta is significant if you're a Jazz fan. Yep, it, it is. is. I think those moves are coming. Winds have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Luis Capazzo says, LeBron uh, has uh game and has changed it over his career. I don't like him, but you have to respect his game. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Salty Drunk said, Nobody expected Don would ever be traded from the Jazz until it happened. Nothing surprises me now.
1: Yeah, I mean I just think you can't sit here in as a basketball fan and be like, "Oh, well, hey, uh, you know, they just basically swapped out who controls basketball ops in their organization, nothing's going to happen." No, there's going to be a lot that's going to happen, and I think that Atlanta believes that they're they're a move or two away from being an NBA finals team. Cuz you don't do this unless yeah. you believe
0: that. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Um I think they are a move or two away. Uh SH uh, Possibilia. Welcome to the show. Uh, put Lori as a number two, and you will get a number three or four. You know, I, I'm curious where Lori fits in long-term in the build of this roster, too. Because, I mean, he's going to be your all-star this year. I don't think any of us question that. But is that is he a build-around guy? Eh, I don't, th- I don't nah. see that. I think your transformative star player is not on the roster right now. I think that superstar that's going to come in and all of a sudden you're going to win 55, 60 games, not on the roster right now. Right. And it'll be interesting to see when that guy shows up because you're going to know it when it happens. And I also think it's going to have to be through trade. John Collins is not that guy though. Yeah. Let's be real clear about that. John Collins is a rebounding three-point shooting big man who has to dramatically improve defensively. Mm-hmm. If he does that, he's the role player that every championship team needs up front.
1: Well, and I think the Jazz believe they can develop him into that. I, I think that, you know, the Jazz are showing that they can develop guys, and 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 that's been a breath of fresh air. And I think that, you know, it, 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 defense is definitely more difficult to teach than offense, in my opinion, because defense is instinctual. It's, you know, like you have to kind of see the play developing before it happens. Yep. Like, you know, so defense takes more time, but I think if they can do that, that would be a huge, huge thing.
0: All right, more jazz talk coming up uh, at 8 uh, o'clock. So, about 5, 10 minutes away, we'll get back to the NBA. But right now, it's time for football at 50. 10 of the hour, every hour on the Matti Show, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure that you get the Meatball Marinara Pizza right now at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Man, that Meatball Marinara is fantastic. It is. I. There are a few things in this life that I enjoy more than a good meatball. Yeah. Give me some meatballs. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's it's amazing that the meatball marinara is not more of a legendary pie at, at Papa Murphy's because it should be. I love it. Uh, so make sure you hook it up and use the promo code MONTE25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. A couple of things to round up from the uh, National Football League. Uh, what about Zach Wilson? Touched on this a little bit last Zachy hour. Poo. Is Zach Wilson a bust? I don't think he's a bust. I think he's better than Sam Darnold was with the, with the Jets. And I think he is going to be a good quarterback, just not in a Jet uniform. I bring this up because Zach Wilson's getting the start tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football Yeah. Um, against the Jags, which, by the way, did you guys see that line is even? and the number is super low at 37 and a half. Are you kidding me that you don't think these two teams can score 19 points each? Can score 20 points each? I don't think that, I don't have faith that Zach can drive him down the field. Well, I can tell you that Trevor Lawrence and that Jags team is no longer a layover. Yeah. Like, I think that that team is legit. The Jets defense, though, is pretty solid. I think they could, they're, they're a tenacious group. The question's going to be, will Zach Wilson win the game or lose the game for the Jets? Right. Because I I would, I think because it's in, in Jacksonville, I would lean to the Jags here. Yeah. But I would not be surprised at all if the Jets won. So do you think that Zach Wilson's a bust?
1: I don't think he's a bust yet, but I think he's walking into that territory shortly. I think that you 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 can't just overnight rewrite history and say, oh, well, I was fine in New York. Well, no, you weren't fine in New York, and that's why you're on whatever his next team is going to be. But I think that if he goes to his next team and, and, really, you know, pounces on that opportunity and becomes a serviceable starter, then he's not a bust anymore. But like, you can't, like, once you leave your OG team as a number two overall pick and you go to your next team, you got to make
0: it there. Or you're it's done. make or break. Yeah, it's it, it is absolutely make or break, and I think that's where Zach is on Thursday Night Football. Um, so absolutely, I think that's when you got to watch. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, balls of meat. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly right. Uh, Zachy Pooprent says, needs to be traded. Luis Capazzo says, the Jets are a bust. They destroy every quarterback that they draft. Potentially, but aren't things different in, in Jet country right now? I think they are a little bit. Uh, Giggity says, "Zacky Pooh going to be a solid backup. Barfing chicken. Zach isn't a bust, but he needs to study the playbook more. His progressions are slow and he looks confused out on the field sometimes. He looks like a guy who doesn't believe in what he's seeing.
1: He's late. Constantly. Constantly. There have been times where dudes have been wide open and he throws it behind him because he's late.
0: Yeah, I just think that he is somebody who doesn't believe in what he's seeing. That's what I say. And, you know, I, I go back to... I go back to these quarterbacks in the league, and if you look at, like, this Matt Stafford story, without Matthew Stafford, the the Rams are an absolute disaster. Yeah. And you look at the story that he's got a spinal contusion. That means your spinal cord is bruised. Jeez I'm good. I'm good. They say his career's not over, and this spinal contusion has actually given him the opportunity to uh, heal the elbow. Which I also think is a big story as well. And while we're at it, there there are projections from Pro Football Focus that say 19 NFL teams will need a new quarterback. I said 19. That's 1-9. Nine. Not 1 or 2 or 3, but 19. 19 teams. Is one of them Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Yes. Man, it feels like it's time to move on from A-Rod, especially if they miss the playoff switch. I think... One of the games of the weekend. I don't know how you get away from the fact that the Packers and Dolphins, that game's in Miami, thankfully for the Packers. Dolphins are four and a half at 49 and a half. I think the Dolphins end the Packers season right here and right now. I think this is a huge game for the Miami Dolphins. And if they lose, I could see them cutting the cord. But by the way, Aaron Rodgers is a $59 million cap hit. Yes. I said $59 million of a cap. You have
1: to take your beating at some point. Eventually you're going to have to move on from this guy and get onto a young quarterback and like actually like get on with it. So I think it's time for sure.
0: Yeah, by the way, I also think we're going to have a throwdown over Derek Carr at some point on this show. When the football season comes to an end.
1: Is calling Derek Carr average a reason to throw hands?
0: I beat wholesale ass for less. I know.
1: I know. You know,
0: I actually haven't. Um, I'm going to go to the grave with Derek Carr. I will. I I don't care. It's just I'm willing to do it. I'm absolutely willing to do it. Football 50 presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code monty 25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. And order the meatball marinara pizza. Tell them Monty sent you to Papa Murphy's Pizza. Do it tonight. This storm that's moving in. Did you guys see, by the way, in the national football league, the weather conditions across the East coast this weekend? Yeah. If you're a fan of the beloved,
1: a fan,
0: the Chicago bears, the Chicago freaking bears. No, it's the Chicago freezing bears, please. The weather forecast for bears and bills at the, uh, soon to be racetrack soldier field. Where the bills are favored by ten points at forty-one points. The weather forecast is a high of fourteen degrees with sub-zero wind chill.
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll pass. Thanks. And
0: bright sunshine. Yeah, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks. So, so you, wow. I'm dying over You're here, okay? bro. Yeah. So let me get this right: sub-zero temperatures, bright sunshine. Do you? Are, I have the hiccups. I'm so hungry. I have the hiccups right now. Are you going to go like get some water or something? You're going to die? I think so. Sub-zero temperatures, wind chills are going to be freezing. That's going to be a miserable football game. That's one of those games where the Bears can upset the Bills in those conditions. That, Mm. Mm. don't start. Don't. See, you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. You're going to say bad things about the beloved. I'm just telling you, Josh Allen's prepared to play in bad weather. Uh, Saints and Browns is supposed to be cold as well. Texans and Titans is a high of 25 degrees Seahawks at Chiefs 15 degrees bros Raiders at Steelers 18 degrees 18 degrees are you kidding me right now that's gonna be there's gonna be some there's gonna be some painful football yeah get the big jackets out yeah smoker uh all right eight o'clock on the monty show presented by the advocates utah advocates.com uc regent gumby says get jacob mcrib dude Uh, why are you so hungry i don't know just hungry today
1: what did you eat for dinner last night uh what did i eat for dinner last oh i didn't eat dinner last night i don't eat
0: dinner usually because we've been eating at like (laughs) three o'clock why are you hiccuping right now i think because i'm hungry you know uh, San Diego State says, Monty, can you provide an update on the Chicago Bears stadium situation? Yeah, the
1: horses are out of the stable. They're putting dirt <laughs> on the track, and it's almost done.
0: There is. I, I think Soldier Field is a perfectly suitable building. The problem is the Bears don't own it, and they can't leverage it to the max financially. So the Bears bought Arlington Park, essentially. You can turn the drops back up, please. And, no. Um, the Bears bought Arlington Park, and they... Um, it was a racetrack. If, you, if you're unaware of what Arlington Park is, Arlington... Are you done? <laughs> Arlington Park is a racetrack. And it is... They're going to build a stadium on there. On their website, they have a page where they say the Bears signed an agreement for the purpose of acquiring 326 acres of property in Arlington Heights... We remain under contract to purchase the property, but there are conditions that must be met in order to be in a position to close. We envision a multi-purpose blah, 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 blah. More money, more losses. We're terrible at football. Essentially. They say we envision a multi-purpose entertainment district anchored by a new best-in-class enclosed stadium, providing Chicagoland with a new home worthy of hosting uh, global events. You know, it's fine. It's, I I am, you guys, I I will say to you what I texted to Jake last night. Yeah. Can I just have one Chicago team that's worth a damn? No, you can't. Just one. Notre Dame? Nah, they're terrible. What, Dansby Swanson's not good enough? The Cubs? No. The Bears? No. The Bulls? No. The White Sox? (laughs) That's not Chicago. Like, I mean, seriously. Can we just have one team in Chicago that can do something other than suck? Because that's... Like you signed Zach Levine to a massive contract and what did you do? You 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 did nothing. You, you did nothing. It like you you signed this guy for all this quiche and they're terrible. I swear to God. <laughs> Don't. I am I'm telling you now, <laughs> as a Chicago sports fan, I suffer daily we don't even you know occasionally occasionally you'll trip and fall into a championship not in Chicago no occasionally you'll trip and fall when was 2016 I don't remember you'll sign a guy you'll sign a a, a, perfect example everybody's like oh well hey man look at the the Cubs won in 2016 and then what happened Anthony Rizzo's a Yankee you prick (laughs) like are you kidding me Look at the Blackhawks. Oh, wow, hey, man, the Blackhawks won three cups. I'm thrilled with that. But now they can't win a cup? Good Lord, they can't win a shift. I am a suffering Chicago fan. It just is what it is. Anyway. Brent Burnett says, owners need to avoid signing players to max contracts. No, actually, they just need to sign the right player. By the way, this Carlos Correa story this morning, did you guys hear this story? Because... This is one of those sports stories. Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor are best friends. Yeah, Lindor plays for the Mets, right? Carlos Correa is a free agent. Goes and visits the Mets. Doesn't sign there. Goes and visits the the Giants. Signs there. Fails a physical. Doesn't put pen to paper. Winds up getting more money from the Mets for 12 years and $315 million dollars. There, do you understand this, Angel fan, Tampa fan? The Mets' luxury tax is more than your entire payroll. Their luxury tax is a minimum of a $100 million. It's insanity, dude, insanity. By the way, how's it working in San Fran Dog's disco? How you doing, San Francisco? Without Aaron Judge and now without Carlos Correa. And by the way, without Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Now what? And the answer is I have no idea.
1: Another year of the Dodgers
0: winning the division. That's what. Well, I don't know about that. because yeah. Will you go drink some water? Like, are you dying? Yeah, I think so. Go drink something. Anyway, the point is, the point is, the point is, yeah, probably the, the Dodgers are going to win that division again. I don't even know what you say about that Carlos Correa deal. And the fact that the Mets are going to pay $100 million in luxury tax. Uh, The New York Mets have spent $800 million this offseason. $800 million. And Correa, by the way, is not going to be a shortstop. He's going to be a third baseman. So Correa and Lindor on the, on the, the left side of that diamond. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. They've spent, I said, $800 million. The Cubs haven't spent like a nickel. Because, you know, the Ricketts family doesn't have two nickels to rub together. So how can you spend a nickel, right? Like they have no money. Like how could you, you know, like, I don't know, sell out Wrigley Field every day when you don't know what they do. And they have the Toyota sign and they have your mom advertising and your dad and your cousin but we don't have any money, so we'll throw a little bit of key shit at at Dansby Swanson and nobody's going to be happy because we see through who you are, you frauds. Okay, I feel better. Good. And you clearly don't. You clearly don't. Uh, let's see. Lose the Mont thing, Tanner. He's not your friend. <laughs> why do you care? Why do you care? I have no idea why you care about him saying that. Uh, let's see. Tanner says the semester ended for me like a week ago, Kurt. So, no front runner for me for two weeks. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, San Diego State says enclosed. Ugh. Seriously. Like, this is what I'm talking about as a Chicago fan. The Chicago Bears are trying, not building. Let's get this right. The Bears are trying to build. They're not actually building. They're trying God to build.
1: They'd actually do something.
0: A new stadium on a pile of horse manure, and they're gonna make it a dome stadium. So let me get this right. We're not gonna get Walter Payton breaking the all-time rushing record against the Saints while it's snowing in the sunshine at Soldier Field. Right. We're not getting that anymore. We're not getting the Fog Bowl against the Eagles. We're not beating the LA Rams in the playoffs. And the NFC playoffs on the way to a Super Bowl victory in 86 with Dick. uh, No, we're not doing that in the snow anymore because we have an enclosed entertainment district. Neat. Seriously, bullet. Like, I just. The whole essence of Chicago is that it gets cold. What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, Monty is right about signing the right player to Max, but the owners rarely do so, avoiding Max contracts. Owners are smart like Monty. Well, there you go. Uh, Jeff Johnson says as an Angel fan I don't mind San Francisco losing out but I hope things are good with Correa obviously something was up with his physical it was a back issue they saw something in his back which is why a lot of teams frankly backed off of him because physically he's a question mark and he doesn't have garbage cans to bang together to figure out what pitch is coming Um, I hate the Astros the point is the point is Correa going to the Mets is an absolute debacle for the Giants like it, it is. It's amazing. By the way, by the way, didn't they sign Justin Turner? Who? The Mets. No, Where did Justin Boston. Turner go? Boston. Oh, Boston. Thank you. I mean, the Dodgers. I, yeah, the Dodgers are going to win. It's that, the same deal, man.
1: All the good teams are good. All the crappy teams are crap. Like it's the haves and the have-nots. The Giants had, you know, one run, run of six years and that was
0: it. Like, are, like, are your t- sports teams good? I think that's a legit question. Are your sports teams good? Because I, I have struggled. I'll be honest with you. I have struggled with with I have struggled with all of my Chicago teams for years. Well,
1: and I don't like that that Chicago teams seemingly sell you some package of goods that you know they're trying trying to spend money and they just can't
0: or won't. Or or
1: or that somehow they're financially strapped. Like the Rickets sell out that stadium every game. Every game. And then yeah. you're, you're going to sit here and tell me that you can't spend money and you can't build another World Series contender because we're too busy trading guys like Chris Bryant. And admittedly, I wasn't the biggest Chris Bryant guy, but he had one big year but that he if got Chris Bryant's
0: your starting left fielder, is that really a problem for you? No. No, it's not. The issue in Chicago is, and I know this is, I know this isn't important to winning baseball games, but you don't have a third baseman or a first baseman. You don't have a catcher. You don't have an everyday center fielder, probably. Oh, and by the way, you're missing like three pitchers. Other than that, I mean, you have a great team. You have a great double play combo, like Nico at second, Dansby, Swanson at short. I mean, the Cubs are great there. I mean, it's just all other, the other seven positions on the diamond yeah. where you're not really good. Yeah. Other than that, this team is fine. You know, my teams are terrible. I mean, they are terrible. Really bad. Uh, Jeremy Sevier says, no, Denver Broncos, BYU jazz, Tampa Bay Rays have made poor life choices. Who's a Tampa Bay Rays fan? You know, Evan Longoria doesn't play there anymore. Do they even have a building? Good Lord. Uh, fat Jesus says, Jake's teams are always good because he picked the front runners to root for. What do you mean? He's not, I'm not wrong. I'm not, what do you mean? Well, I'm a fan of Alabama. Um, and when I'm not rooting for Alabama, not, usually don't, usually don't it's Georgia. Throw a, don't
1: try to make me out like I'm and Drake listen, or something. Listen, I'm not if, a front runner. If
0: it's not Georgia, if it's not Georgia, Can you turn the drops back up, please. I'm, if it's Thank not you. Georgia, I'm just gonna go with whoever is is gonna win. They're my favorite team. That's why I like the Warriors. You know, before that, it it was the Lakers. <clears> and when the Lakers were losing, it was I can't remember who else who else won. Um, in the '90s, it was the Bulls. Isn't that right, Jake? No. You know, look, in the NFL, I watched
1: a, the Steve Bartman thing happen live. Don't talk I, to me a, about being I'm a, a fan art. of Patty
0: Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, no. No, actually, I'm a huge Rams fan. Like, I've always been a Rams fan for, like, the last two years. Isn't that right, Jake? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. 100%. I love it. Uh, let's see. Are, are, are my sports teams good? You mean are? Eagles, good so far. Jazz mediocre, BYU mediocre, BYU basketball mediocre, RSL good, Rockies terrible. (coughs) Don't don't, Tanner. Don't. I'm telling you right now. Kurt Myers, aren't the Grizzlies leading in the West? The Grizzlies aren't (coughs) which Grizzlies?
1: Yeah, which one are you talking about? Because it ain't the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, like which
0: Um it it, the Utah Grizzlies are not leading in the West. Uh, The Nuggets are in the West, tied with the Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, The Pelicans and Suns are both a game back. Clippers are two. Man, I I know I say it every day. The West is crazy. Yeah. The West is absolutely crazy. Uh, All right, 8-15 on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Find them online at theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business would be The Advocates. You never pay up front. There's no consultation fees, there's never a retainer. In fact, you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Chat with them online 24/7. You can talk to a lawyer at theadvocates.com. Um how uh, should we you want to do Drake real quick? We can't. Yeah. This Drake thing is is kind of crazy. Don't forget Fano uh Fano at 9. Yeah, Logan Fano coming up in 45 <clears throat> minutes. Yeah. Um, this Drake thing is crazy and I don't I don't really know how you explain this Drake curse betting thing right um, he lost a million dollars, right a million dollars he Drake lost right on the World Cup and he lost that money because he bet on Argentina to win. So wait, wait, wait. So wait. Did did I
1: hear did I just hear you say that Drake lost his bet betting on the winner?
0: Drake bet on Argentina to win the World Cup and lost. Because you see at the top left there where it says 8:01 p.m., Argentina France 1 by 2. Okay. Argentina. The 1 by 2 is the part that you really have to pay attention to. This is Drake's betting slip at stake. You really have to pay attention to that one by two because it means that Argentina has to win in regular time. Only Drake loses a million dollars when Argentina wins in extra time PKs. Dude. He lost a million dollars because of the way he put the bet in. And it's remarkable to me that you look at his betting curses I mean, the guy is notorious for losing. You know, guys like Anthony Joshua versus Anthony Ruiz. It, like, you guys remember he that he just gets it wrong all the time. You guys remember that
1: the Anthony Joshua Anthony Ruiz thing? Anthony Ruiz was this was this underdog in this fight. No way he's going to win this fight. Somehow wins the fight,
0: and of course, Drake loses that bet. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing about Drake. Drake wagered over $1 billion in the last two months. $1 billion. Dude. His total winnings are 76.4 million. His total losses are 29.6 million. From January to November of 2022, he bet 18 notable sizable wins And 11 notable, sizable losses. Right. He loses money on the NFL and the NBA. He loses money on the UFC and Formula One. And I just don't know how he does it. But on a live stream with stake.com, he won $17 million in one spin of a, a simulated roulette table. Yeah. $17 million. To turn around and lose $660,000 on a Formula One and UFC bet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine losing a million bucks on the World Cup, let alone wagering a billion dollars. Dude. It's a lot of bread. In two months. It's a lot of bread, dude. And And I get it.
1: He's Drake. He is. He's topping the charts. He's constantly getting memes made about him. And like, he's constantly that guy so like clearly money's not a problem for drake but at what point do you say yeah i'm probably not real good at gambling i'm probably not real good at betting but he
0: is really good at making bread he's an excellent rapper right like it's it's like him in 21 like 21. just yeah, they're hit makers. Yeah, dude. Rich, if you don't like Rich Flex, you just should listen. You for me? Yeah, you should just listen to country music. Right. Because him and 21 on Rich Flex are elite. Crazy. Now, it sounds a little uncomfortable if depending on how you hear the words. 21. But, you know, like he is, he's unbelievable, dude. <laughs> like Drake is, he all he does is print it cash. It sounds
1: a little uncomfortable.
0: Depending <laughs> on how you, how hear, you hear the, the words, words, dude. <laughs> 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 he also lost 25 million dollars with French Montana. Uh-huh. He's totaled over 76.42 million in wins in just over 10 months at stake.com. That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I think that I, so first question is and I know we don't gamble in the state of Utah. I know How much do you guys gamble? That's the question. How much are you gambling? How much, how much do you look at the books? How much are you looking at the line on the jazz game? Like, how much are you doing that? Like, how much does that happen? are,
0: Are you guys, are you guys into this? Are you guys into this? I'm not a guy that wagers my own money. I just, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. If I'm wagering my own money, I lose. But when somebody's like, hey, bro, like I get a lot of people that'll be like, hey, man, what do you think of this game tonight? Uh Which side of this or that are you on? Right. And generally, I give out pretty good advice and I do okay. If it's my bread, of course, I'm going to lose it. Right. If it's your bread, I'm probably going to win it (laughs) and get (laughs) none of it. Right. Buy me a burger at least. Yeah. But it's remarkable to me how many people like Drake. Yeah. Will lose a ton of money now. They say at stake.com, his net profit is $47 million, which is nutty because he loses a lot, but I I don't know, man. Like I, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't
1: do it. Gambling. Gent, like I'm not even like we've been to Vegas several times. I'm not even willing to play blackjack. That's how much I hate losing money. I hate just saying, oh yeah, here you go. MGM. Here's my money. I hate that. I
0: legitimately hate that feeling. Yeah, but you know the other thing I refuse to do? I'm not going to Wendover and playing Pi Gow all night. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Like, I have a life. It is amazing to me the amount of people in the once a decade I go chill at Wendover, which is once a decade right and i did that 10 years ago so i am probably do right but it's amazing to me the people who go to wendover they smoke cigarettes they drink really liquid watered down <laughs> beer and they lose all kinds of bread on pie or video poker or no this last spin's gonna get me even no it's not loser go home <laughs> go home right like <laughs> it's not happening for you, bro. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. I, first of all, how is that cancer doing you in the secondhand smoke? Oh, dude. Which drives it, me crazy.
1: There's been times where we've been to Wendover, Reno, Vegas, you know, where you have to walk through the casino to get to your room, and I just feel like crap. Even though it's like five minutes you're walking through the casino, you feel like crap, and that's what hmm. I don't like.
0: But you know what, UC Region Gumby you ain't wrong. Sundown to sunrise blackjack. I've been that guy. I, I. There are days in Vegas when I've been to Vegas where, and I do. I usually win when I play blackjack. When's I do pretty well. last time you went to Vegas? Oh my God, not soon enough. Last year with Mrs. Monty, we went still for our anniversary. Like it? Do you still enjoy? It? I'm a two day Vegas guy. I'm get there one day, party all night, get a steak, go to bed, pound like a porn star, <laughs> and then go home. That's what I am, right? Like, I, I'm not spend a week in Vegas. Yeah, It's a quick getaway. I'd prefer to fly, not drive. If there's a football game I'm going there for, okay, I'm down. Like, we can do three days. But if I'm there four days, I'm thrown up on the bathroom wall like I did at, at, at the Palms. <laughs> not kidding. And I've told this story before. I don't mind telling you it tell again. Tell it again, dude. Back in the day at the old 1320K fan, the, the sports leader. Theater. Um, we went to the Vegas Bowl with the Utes. Yeah. And we did a deal with the Palms, and we sold out the Palms. It was amazing. We sold, like, over 100 rooms for the Palms Hotel and Casino. And so we had a ton of listeners. It was great. It was just a really good trip. But it was also Jake's eight, uh, eight, or 21st, 21st birthday. 21st, yeah. Damn, that was eight years ago. It's kind of crazy how fast time flies. So Sunday was the eight-year anniversary of this. Yeah. Um, we're at the Palms. We right. do the show. We go upstairs, we kick it, we get dressed, we do whatever. We go to Mastro's Ocean Club. The bird. We sat in the birdhouse. And Mrs. Monty is not
1: here for this trip.
0: No, it's just a boys trip, right? it's just the boys, yeah. So we sit in the treehouse at Mastro's Ocean Club at City Center. Which is amazing. But before we did that, we sat at the bar and had like six cocktails. Right. And I mean like martinis, gasoline in a glass And I
1: remember like it was yesterday, there was this beautiful uh, island... Girl, making the drinks. Phenomenal talent as a bartender. Oh, like, I was like in, next I, level, I dude. I would not
0: pay attention to bartenders.
3: Dude. Hey, baby. hey baby.
0: Anyway, but the point <laughs> is, seriously. The point is, this smoking hot bartender is making us really easy martinis. Yeah. I bet we had three or four before we ate oh, a yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Go to the table, strip steak, shrimp. Three, four, five more martinis. Mac. Potatoes. Buttercake. Buttercake. Uh-oh, gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. Stand up and dude, I'm in the upside down. I, I mean it was it was brutal. Go to the bathroom. I think I probably peed all over the wall. <laughs> like, it was terrible. Get in the cab, stagger back to the palms hammered drunk, Yeah. wander into the palms, go upstairs to the room, see somebody, saw Napoleon in the lobby, Right. like, dude, I got to go to bed, got to get up tomorrow. Okay, cool. He's losing his ass at craps. All right, cool. So we go back (laughs) upstairs. Oh, he was. Napoleon was a terrible gambler. (laughs) So we go upstairs, go to bed, wake up at 3 o'clock, and I am hammered. He is a sick puppy. Hammered. Yeah. Take a shower, throw up a couple times get dressed, go down to the lobby, Did set up the show. Did you feel like you
1: were in trouble at that point? When no. you were showering and you threw up a couple of times, like what was the Dude. state of affairs? Were you panicking? Were you good? Hammered. Like,
0: I didn't think, I don't, you, When you're, I was hammered. I was like, man, I just got to get through the next three hours. I'm going to bed, man. <laughs> so I sit down on the set at the Palms. I'm in the lobby of the Palms, right in the middle of the lower level of the Palms, <laughs> doing a radio show. Jake is sitting to my left. Napoleon Will, the late great Will Smith sitting there. yeah, we're chopping it up. We go to break it like let's call it 56 after the hour. Yeah. I'm holding it in because I'm sitting there and I'm like, ooh, you know, you know that feeling where it's like your vomit is right here. The mashed potatoes, the macaroni and cheese, the The 71 martinis. martinis, They're all right here, man. They're all like, bro, we got to make a conversation. We're coming out. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we go to break. And I got up and I was still drunk. Like I'm wandering to the bathroom. Yeah. There's a garbage can about halfway to the bathroom. And of course the bathroom is like all the way at the back of the casino. I get to the garbage can and I throw up in my mouth. Right. Like violently. I stop at the garbage can, I swallow it. Oh. Keep walking. Oh. And then I get within about 10 feet of the bathroom and it's a rotunda, <laughs> which means it's a circular entry with a post in the middle. Right. And I feel it coming. I get into the rotunda and I just let loose all over the wall. Oh, my goodness. I mean,. Dude vomit final all over the wall dude problem was i was wearing some really high-end leather wood bottom loafers um slipped and fell in my own vomit um got up and i wasn't in the vomit the vomit was off to my left but my i had slipped and fell so i got up i was fine yeah i kind of meandered to the urinal because i gotta you know do my thing right and i'm like oh god i'm gonna throw up again Never mind that we're in commercial break and the clock yeah. is ticking. So I'm, I have like three just power vomits in the bathroom. And I'm like, like, I feel better. Like the Incredible Hulk came out of me. So I'm in this bathroom stall at the Palms and I take inventory. Yeah. I vividly remember I take inventory. I'm like, dude, you're good. You did this. Let's go. And it's very powerful. And I'm fine. I think Oh, I threw up. And it's all over the toilet and the walls of the stall. But you're cool because it's a hotel. It's fine. Not my problem. Right. Not my problem, sir. Right. I leave. I walk back. And I like actually felt so good, I remember trotting back to the set. <laughs> I get there right on time. Put on the headset. And Will Smith is talking. Right. So I sit down. And I'm like, whew, good to go. Nobody knows that I'm drunk. You know. Nobody knows I threw up. Nobody doing the show and I kind of stank. <laughs> and I am i look over at Jake and he's like looking down at my leg and like kind of doing... But you got to single up, single up. S- he's, show him the gesture. He's doing the... <laughs> kind of thing where he's just like... Uh-oh. And so I look down and I had thrown up all over my pant leg. And oh. my shoes. There was vomit all over my leg. <laughs> And my shoe. <laughs> Needless to say, we packed up the show. It was fine. Yeah. I drank a bunch of water. I actually felt great after that. Went upstairs, slept for eight hours.
3: How about that?
0: Done. Incredible. From like 10 in the morning to like 6.30. I, I think we woke up in the 7 o'clock hour. Yeah. Because we darked out the room, closed the blackout curtains, went to sleep. Woke up at like 7 o'clock. I even remember we went down into the Palms, ate pizza at the food court, went right back up to bed and went to sleep. <laughs> Got up, did the show the next morning, packed it up. We're out of here. Yeah, dude. Left. Yep. Unbelievable. Incredible Unbelievable, times, dude. Unbelievable. Incredible times. Yeah, it was crazy. Greg Hawkins says, I would never gamble unless I was at least a little drunk, though. You have to totally be. Totally true. have to be. Totally true. Totally true. Totally true. Um, Brent says Vegas is such a waste of time. It is. It totally, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Like it's just not, there's no reason to go to Vegas. Yeah. Um, let's see. Brent says these guys like barfing, dude, I'll tell you anytime I'm sick again, another barfing story, South Scottsdale. (laughs) Jesus. I went to Filiberto's. (laughs) Oh man, dude. In Mesa, got a burrito Drove up to our rental property in South Scottsdale and had eaten the burrito. And you were alone for this one, I was alone. I was at the Yelpatory two weeks ahead of your beginning. October 2019. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting on the master bedroom, king size bed. King size bed. Just feeling like death warmed over. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden it happened. I ran into the bathroom and I threw up all over that toilet. <laughs> just threw up everywhere uh-huh. felt like a million bucks yep felt totally fine after that i don't know why that happens but when i throw up i feel much better it just is what it is uh, teddy says that's a great vegas story monty yes. and you know what it would be awesome if i could make that up you can't make that you up you can't
1: and and it was and it's why i think the 20 that's how my 21st birthday was so memorable that experience <laughs>
0: was incredible dude we were so gassed at Mastro's oh yeah oh my god oh yeah and the problem was the martinis were like going down really quickly so you know they were so good and I don't drink much at all I'll be honest with you I like I can't remember the last martini I had I really don't drink that much it might have been at Mastro's in Newport when I got so sick yeah anyway but they were just easy going down easy 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 going down and then you I didn't realize clearly didn't realize I was drunk Cause I stood up and I was well. That's the thing. You
1: drink like four ooh. of them
0: while you're sitting and eating, and then you ooh. stand up and you're like, "Whoa, man!" Uh, Kurt Meyer says, "Oh hell, I'm gonna skip lunch. <laughs> Don't go to <laughs> Filiberto's." Uh, My Monty fan says, "One way or another, Vegas always wins." Monty, what shoes did you puke? Uh, did your puke ruin it? Didn't? Yeah, that, it well, didn't So that was them. the
1: thing. Yeah, they didn't they're get, they're still alive. You yeah, still have I still them, have, have them. Yeah. They're
0: like they're super. They were super. They're like four hundred dollar loafers. They're leather. They have beautiful buckles on them, like wood, fully wood bottoms, like super nice shoes. And man, the, everything turned out to be fine. I do think I threw the socks away. Yeah, They were, they were um, oh, the socks we wear. Um, stance. St- stance. They were stance socks. I actually think, if I remember correctly, they were <clears throat> South Beach stance socks. And I think I threw them away. Because, yeah, I did throw up on my pant leg and my socks. Yeah, That's dude. absolutely true absolutely true uh jeremy says barfing stories reminds me of jack in the box dude, dude i cannot wait I friday wait. friday let's i'm going go. to jack in the box in st jesus let's go who wants to meet me at jack in the box in st jesus dude i'm down for all of I'm our st you. george people you i'm telling to meet you up? i am telling you yeah dude Man, I cannot wait for time off. All right, 8.32 on the Monty Show. The biggest stories in sports every morning on this program are brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. The best in the business, the business. is Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, efficient, affordable, family-friendly. <clears throat> Everything you want that you don't get on the Monty Show, you can get at Quick Quack Car Wash. <clears throat> they can help you clean up barf, too, in your car. <laughs> Uh, quick quack <laughs> car wash any of their locations I go to the district in South Jordan I love that spot the people are great you move through there in five minutes we've been to uh, West Valley um, they have a brand new location uh, what is that 126
1: yeah it's 126 it's uh, I don't remember the and Redwood I think it's Redwood it's yeah, right by it's Redwood like just past Redwood heading to Mountain View yeah, they have a ton of them
0: they have a ton of them around the valley now hook it up tell them you heard about it on the Monty show uh, the biggest story in sports, I I think by far today is the Jazz win, no doubt about that. By the way, by the way, I also remind you that your Utah Utes are are playing in the Rose Bowl. It's been a very quiet, quiet period. Yeah. And when you look at when you look at National Signing Day, which is today, the Utah Utes have very quietly, I think, put together a, a really solid class. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's interesting about Utah football is they're very quiet about their business and they're announcing like Hunter Clegg uh Mac Howard um you know, signs his letter, right? like I, I mean, they're slowly and surely, you know announcing the you know announcing their their signings and they have a stacked class. yeah, they absolutely have a stacked well, class I
1: think we've gotten a sense of that over the last two weeks when we're hearing about, the transfers and you know just all the stuff that's been happening that we've been talking about on the show like you start to get a sense of like hey yeah utah is kicking the living hell out of byu and recruiting and i think it just is a sign that you know yeah while they're still in the pack and the pack is obviously going through some stuff right now utah is clearly still able to to pull guys and i think that what's really interesting is as utah continues to execute in recruiting. How does that impact them moving forward? You know, like, yeah, the Rose Bowl is super important, but with all due respect, that's kind of lower on the totem pole when you look at the bigger picture. Like, I look at the bigger picture over the next three years, not five years, three years. The next three years for Utah are crucial because if you can win and continue, even when Cam moves on, like, if you can continue to have quarterbacks who are productive and NFL-caliber talents, if you can continue to do that, that's really gonna help your case if you do decide to try to make the move
0: to the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah. Which I'm not convinced they will, but
0: and, and BYU's got a good, not great class. I mean, they they I think we'll we'll see how everything shakes out in the transfer portal. Yeah. There's some people who believe Keaton Slovis is coming to BYU now. Um, but anybody that's telling you that they chose Keaton Slovis over uh, you know, Drew Pine is up in the night. Yeah. Drew Pine was never, from what I understand, coming to Provo. Yeah. Um, I think he wanted to go West. I think he absolutely wanted one of the West Coast schools, and he got that in Arizona State. And I think that they are going to have to compete. Obviously, he and Jacob Conover, both are at Arizona State. They're
1: going to be better. Arizona State is going to be better. I would agree with that. I
0: would agree with that. It'll be interesting, though, to see exactly if Keaton Slovis winds up here. Again, I think Jaron Hall's coming back. That is not for certain. Um, I'll be interested to see how that process plays out. I'm interested to see... You know, did he go through the process? I believe he got a an NFL draft grade. Um, I think that that there's some, you know, some curiosity about. I think there's some curiosity about whether or not Jaron comes back. Yeah. Um, And we'll see. Like you haven't heard an announcement on Cam, obviously, because of the Rose Bowl. But you know, is is as significant as the coaching hires are? I think this transfer portal period for the. For the Cougars is huge, yeah. Because I think Utah is going to be, I think Utah's a better football team next year than they are this year, yeah. And I also think that as important as the Rose Bowl is to Utah, mm-hmm. I think you have some you have some clarity that you need to get. I mean, you need to add wide receivers, you need to add more running backs, you need to add more quarterbacks. Like Utah's got work to do in recruiting and in the in in the portal, but they're, I mean, they're lining up a fantastic class, yeah. So it'll be interesting. And yeah, by the way, they they are they are in the Rose Bowl. And I think it's been a really quiet period for Utah football. And now you ramp up. I mean, you're a week away essentially from the Rose Bowl and a huge moment in time for Kyle Whittingham's legacy. Cause... Well, and I think
1: it's good that these guys are going to be rested. I, I think that, yeah. you know, the, the SC championship game was a grinder, an absolute meat grinder. I think Cam, you know, gave the guy a ton of credit. I think he walked into that game at, you know, 70, 80%, maybe. I mean, with that, where you're at in the season, like all the hits you've taken, the beating you take playing football, and now it'll be good to see, hopefully, he's fully healthy. Hopefully, he is 100% heading into the Rose Bowl, and and I would love to see him go out on top, and I would expect them to win that game, frankly. Like, I think you're a better program than Penn State is, and I think that, that you know, you took Ohio State to the limit, and I think Penn State's not half the team Ohio State is, and I think that, that Cam Rising... A lot is riding on this Rose Bowl game for Cam Rising. Do not be mistaken about that. I, I think that if Cam Rising wins this game, and let's say that they the Utes win this game convincingly, look, let's say that they put up 40 in the Rose Bowl, and it's like a 40-21 to 21 victory, then I think there's some real credence to Cam going to the NFL. If you win by one possession, a late field goal, not in convincing fashion, then I think, you know, maybe there's conversation, but...
0: Yeah, I I think that it's very difficult if you're BYU. I I mean, Cam knows what – they know what Cam's doing. I really don't – I don't know if – do you guys believe that BYU knows what Jaron's doing? I have to think they do.
1: I think they know his circumstances and how he's going to go about making his choice. I mean, I I would expect that, you know, they they at least know that. But, yeah, I mean, if we're we're being serious, like, yeah, I think that he – he's shared that with them. I, I, I think that he just hasn't made it public because he has reasons. I don't understand those reasons. I don't understand why, you know, you're you're taking this approach of, oh, he's the ultimate competitor and he's going to do this or going to do that. Like, you know, that's what we were hearing for the bowl game. That, hey, he's the ultimate competitor and he's going to try and play. Like, why? 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 It's the New Mexico Bowl. Why did you, why was that the narrative? The narrative should have been one of two things hey i'm going to the league and that's that or hey i'm coming back but we're going to give buddy soljay an opportunity here and and it is what it is like that's what that's what i look at the problem is is you're left in limbo because he didn't play in the bowl game he hasn't said anything and typically when guys don't play in the bowl
0: game they're going to the league but jaron was at the bowl game so what are we doing Yeah, I would be surprised if Jaron Hall didn't come back. I mean, everybody I've talked to at BYU really feels like he's coming back. Yeah. You know, and I I don't know if it's an injury thing that he's waiting on or, you know, hey, because everybody kind of, when you come out for the NFL draft, you go through a grading process. um, Unless you're a senior and you're done with eligibility. But if you're an early entrant, you're going to get a grade from the NFL. They're going to tell you, hey, this is where we would project you. Yeah. I think there could be some of that he's waiting on. I I mean, I I just don't know. I really don't know. Greg Hawkins says, uh, The past few years have been absolutely exhilarating as a Utah man. I would guess so. Yeah, dude. 100%. Yep. Logan Fano joins us coming up here uh, in about 20 minutes on the Monty Show. Stick around for that. We'll ask him specifically, you know, hey, what happened? And why are you transferring uh, to to Utah? And I mean, I mean, I, I am guessing, this is just my opinion, but I am guessing that he's going to say, hey, well, my brother, you know, I want to play with my brother and my brother. Um, brother. You know, like, I, I just don't be interested to see, um, you know, w- what happens there. Yeah. And how you how you get all of that, um, how you get through that process. But we'll see. Logan's scheduled to join us here coming up in uh, 20 minutes uh, on the show. We'll talk BYU football. Can I Says my manager got tickets to the Rose Bowl. Uh, ever since his wife passed, he's been living it up, it seems. Wow, okay, well, good for him. Uh, Brent says Hall is not leaving nothing to announce. Well, they would announce he's coming back, I would think.
1: Yeah, I, I, and that's my thing. Like, I tend to agree that you haven't announced you're going to the league. I would guess you're coming back,
0: but who knows? Yeah, I, and and I, yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. Uh, make sure you give us a like. Uh, if you're here right now, all 116 of you who have not already, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, on the channel, it really helps the channel grow. Again, we're trying to get to 9,000. Um, and let's see. Logan's like, when should I join? Uh, How about right now, sir? Now would be fine. Yeah. Anytime you want. It's all good. Uh, we'll see what uh, what happens with Logan. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, I think it's interesting. This whole process, this whole transfer portal thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting process, I think, and you know when you look at when you look at BYU and you look at the transfer portal, it's not always um, you know it's not always easy. Yeah. And I think when you have the Fano brothers situation, I mean, obviously you want to play together, right? Like, I mean, you want to.
1: Well, that's a tough part. Like when you have so first of all, not it goes without saying that most college football players don't get to play with their brother, right? So that's a really unique sure. and special thing, I think. One and two. I think that you have to
0: you have to take advantage of that and get it the most time you can. All right. Without further ado, the much anticipated, long awaited arrival of <laughs> BYU now Utah Utes. Yes, sir. Logan Fano joins the show. Logan, good to see you, my man. How was the transfer portal process for you? How did that How did that all shake out?
3: Uh, man, it was really smooth. I was only in for a day, is that so? Uh, I didn't really have to experience any of these. Uh, crazy, long recruiting processes that a lot of transfers have to deal with. So uh, I was pretty blessed. I was pretty blessed with my process in the portal.
0: So let me ask you, I mean, why did? Why are you transferring? What ultimately led you to leave BYU? Uh,
3: I mean, obviously, the, the first, probably the biggest reason is uh, it's it's my dream, it's my family's dream for me to be able to play with my younger brother. So that, that's a huge deal to me, to be able to play with him, but also... Um, I have a lot of lot of dreams that I want to accomplish through football and I feel like Utah gives me the best chance to to do those things
0: so what are you not getting and I think this is obviously everybody has talked about this with you because before I ask you about what you're not getting at BYU versus Utah you've had a difficult road I mean you 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 go out you serve a mission um how did like what was your mission experience what how did that impact you
3: Oh, well, for everybody that doesn't know, I didn't serve the full time on my mission. I was only out for about seven to eight months. Uh, and even then, that was hard for me. There a lot of things I had to find out about myself while I was out. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with, with uh, my man, Jeff Hansen, but we've had a lot of talks about this. Um, just things that I had to learn while I was out there. And then just things that I was dealing with that was rough. And coming back home from my mission, playing football again, uh, things things are going smooth and uh, I, was, I was playing pretty good during spring ball, and then I, I turned my ACL. And I think in a lot of ways, it was just Heavenly Father sending me in the right direction and pointing me towards the U.
0: You know, but I think what's interesting about that is it takes a little courage for you to sit here on a show and say, hey, you know what? I only served seven, eight months. It was really difficult for me. I come back. I tear my ACL. I mean, there's the thing that I think you can't avoid in those situations is, hey, dude, we're defining who you are right now. Right, like I mean, this is character. This is and Kalani talks about love and relationships and you know family. Like you become something when you come back early off a mission. You get into football and then you tear your ACL. How did that? When you look back on that period, how much change did you go through in that window?
3: <laughs> More change than I've ever been through in my whole life, to be honest with you. Like before I went out early on my mission and then I came back, I had lost in the state championship to to Orem. And I got kicked out of halftime. So there's a lot of things that I had built up just mentally that I was dealing with and I was struggling with while I was out there. Um, and I, it, it's really formed who I am right now. Just seeing seeing myself and seeing what I, I can go through and what I can overcome, it's super empowering. And I feel like it's, it's given me a lot of confidence in myself.
0: You know, and Logan, that brings me back to what don't you get at BYU? Because I think a lot of people sensationalize the news of of you and your brother transferring, you transferring him going to the U. Like, was there an issue at BYU for you? Was there something that was missing that you're getting at the U that you weren't getting at BYU?
3: Honestly, I love my time at BYU. I, I really love my time at BYU. I made some lifelong friends, great relationships with the people around me, but the end of the day, it just came down to me wanting to play with my little brother. That that's the most important thing to me. Family is so important to me, and obviously the the line, the stars down the line for him to go to BYU, um, and also I just again I felt like Utah was the spot for me to go if I wanted to keep playing this game.
0: Yeah, and I I think one of the interesting things is I think the shock over over your brother not going to BYU. Not to speak for him, but like, were you surprised? Did you? I mean, how long have you known that he was going to wind up at Utah? Was that a, was that long held, or or was yeah. that something that happened very quickly?
3: No, brother, it was it was long held. He told absolutely nobody except for my dad. Cause my dad was pretty mad that he wasn't telling anybody before his decision. And so my my dad kind of kind of pressed him. So my dad only knew that he was going to Utah about twenty minutes before he decided.
0: Oh my goodness!
3: Yeah, how so did you? you wanna, so it, you, you he makes that, that yeah.
0: announcement. How did that go in the house, dude?
3: Oh, it was crazy. It was. I've been to a couple signings, and none of them have ever been that loud. Like people just cheering because everybody wanted him to go to the U so bad. Wow, and that's crazy. It's, it's dude.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I think one of the the things not, and, and I don't mean to get too philosophical about it, but. These choices impact the rest of your life. I mean, have you have mm-hmm. you obviously you have, because I and I don't think anybody blames you. I have to tell you, I think it takes a a lot of courage to transfer from BYU to Utah. You're forever a villain, I think, in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm. But let's yeah. be honest. You're an edge guy. You you were highly anticipated out of high school. They put guys in in the NFL at the U as a as a way of doing business. Yeah. I mean, when when you look at this process, do you does it impact you how much this is going to affect the rest of your life?
3: Oh yeah, totally. I think that's what I have in mind, right? Is what my life is going to look like and what I'm going to be able to to accomplish. And obviously, I got to put the work in, and I got to come in, and I got to I got to do what I can to help the team out. And if I'm not good enough to play it to you, I'm not good enough to play it to you. And for me, how me and my brother were raised and how we've always kind of carried ourselves was, if I'm not good enough today. I'm gonna be good enough tomorrow, right? If, if I'm not if I'm not gonna be able to play at the U because I'm not good enough, then I'm not good enough to play in the NFL. And as simple as that, right? So I I feel like coming to Utah gives me a chance to kind of measure up to other guys that that have the same goals, same aspirations that I have. And then, you know, being in a room full of people that are gonna push me to be my best. How
0: let's talk about strength and conditioning a little bit, because this has been something I think a bit of a controversy <laughs> at BYU and you're in the we're in the middle of that. Yep. Do you feel like the strength and conditioning program at BYU puts you as a football player in the best position to succeed on the field in your chosen position?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the the strength staff did a really good job at getting me bigger, getting me, getting me a lot stronger. Um, but for me, on my own, I had to go do uh, like speed stuff, work on my fast twitch muscles, um, just things I feel like a lot of athletes have to do. And just but, stay active with other people. But yeah. I
0: also think, Logan, you, and I don't have to tell you this, but I've been around the NFL a long time. I've been around college football a long time. I think you, it, let's say an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. right? A, or an edge rusher. You have to train specifically for that. You can't train as an edge rusher the way that a linebacker trains or the way that a D lineman trains or a or DB trains. That's the the bone that sticks in my craw, frankly, about the BYU strength program. And I wonder, do you get specific positional training at BYU?
3: Uh, yes, kind of. Yes, yes, and no. I've um, you you will lift with guys in your weight in your weight class, your same position, and you kind of have to push a certain amount of weight. Uh, but no, I I you haven't you don't have to. Like there's no special workout for specific positions. Yeah, that's what you're asking.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's interesting, and I, I'll be interested to to follow you and see how you progress because what excites you about Utah football? Let's let's talk about that specifically. Obviously, this is a two-time Pac-12 championship team. Now you're going to the Rose Bowl back to back. Like, what excites you about being a Utah Ute football player?
3: Man, I. Even in high school, I'll I'll be completely honest. I wanted to go to BU out of high school, and I was I was dead set on going to Utah, coming out of high school. Uh, but then, you know something's changed. And I decided to go to BYU, so it feels good to to be going back to the spot that I had originally planned to be playing. Uh, and
0: let's... how did that decision get made for you? I mean, because again, you're you're ta- and we hear about this all the time. Well, he's mm-hmm. going to serve a mission. Of course, he's coming back and going to yeah. BYU, right? Like. Yeah. What was was the church involved in that decision to go to BYU? Like, tell me what made you choose Provo over 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 Salt Lake City, frankly.
3: No, nah, to be honest, it had nothing to do with the church. It was it, that was all me and my decision. Uh, my family's a big BYU family. Love BYU. Uh, my grandparents. There was only two channels back in Samoa. They could watch TV, and one of them was was BYU. So <laughs> they, they love BYU. And my, my grandparents, unfortunately, they they passed away. So um I took it kind of upon myself to be able to to have their last name on a BYU jersey and also I, I would have had wow. the chance to play with my best friend so yeah there's a lot of things that I thought about that that kind of played into that decision
0: wow wearing the name on a BYU uniform bro yeah I mean again and I don't mean to be I'm not trying to be mystic about it but like you're talking yeah. about like life-changing heavy stuff when you're talking about hey wearing your name on a jersey coming back early, like all that stuff like You've been down the road a little bit, like maturity-wise, yeah. where are you? Like, how do you feel about where you are as a as a guy, as a mature football player at this point?
3: I, I'm what do you mean by that? By, by that question, I'm gonna need you to like are, <laughs> are you
0: happy where you are in your maturity? Because I think you've been when you go through what you've gone through, mm. you've probably seen more adversity than most guys in your class and in your age. Whether that is what happened at halftime in your in your championship game, the knee injury, the, the like all of this stuff you've gone through, again, I would think that that would push you into maturity a little, you know, a little farther down the line than most of the guys in your class.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's for sure helped me and my journey and and what I need to learn. It sucked. <laughs> it sucked a, a lot of times, and you know, obviously, I wish things could be different, but it's what I had to go through. What I had to learn. Um, and a lot, my what I've gone through has been a lot more public than what other people might be struggling with. So um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it makes me better or worse than anybody else. It's just, it's just my journey. What I've had to deal with. You
0: don't get to choose, dude. Like you know that. Like you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> wake up every day and you've got decisions and things to yeah. deal with. And and clearly, mm-hmm. you you've been down that road and it looks like you've done a great job. I appreciate. I know I've been hounding you for a couple of weeks now. I know that you've had a lot going on. Best to you so and good. the family. Best of luck. We can't wait to see you in a Ute uniform, man. Congratulations on your choice.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. Go Utes.
0: You bet. All right, man. There you go. Logan Fano right there. That's a huge conversation, man. I mean, that you got to give that guy credit. Like, that is, that's incredible. And by the way, maybe he should run for office. And I feel like we say this <laughs> about all these guys, but the answers about BYU are are exactly what he should have said. Yeah. And, and again, I, I go back to this idea of, changing football changes you football matures you very quickly and you listen to the things he had to deal with we're talking about issues on his mission tearing an acl you come back off your mission you're in spring ball you're feeling good you're ready to go yeah you take one step and your entire trajectory as a football player changes Mm -hmm. that to me is a moment where you're either going to pass or fail and he clearly passed
1: well and i think that one step that you take that tears your acl is an opportunity. And I think that as an athlete, that's how you have to look at it. And I, and I think Logan did that. I think that, that, you know, based on his story and, and, and where he's been and everything, like I, I, like, it's very clear that the mindset's right, that, that he's ready for adversity. And I think, you know, the thing that hit me the most there is the family stuff, you know, you know, wearing your name, being the last one in your line to, to wear a name on the BYU Jersey. And then like being able to have the, the, the courage and the co to, go to utah like i i think i think that's great and I, and I think that crushed it what kind of what was really interesting about what he said to me was the and i don't know if it was intentional or not but basically the inference that that utah football puts guys in the league more than byu does that really stood out to me that logan a lot of his choice was hey i feel like because he said i feel like utah gives me the best chance to go and do the things that i want to do and that's really interesting to me because yes. because BYU does put guys in the league, but it's no secret that Utah is a defensive NFL guy factory. It's no secret that if you're a defensive lineman, a defensive back, a linebacker, that you're going to go to Utah. Like, that is that's not a secret. Like, that is well known. So to me, it makes perfect sense why a guy like Logan, who is an edge rusher, who is a phenomenal athlete, highly touted, is going to do a lot of things wanted to go to utah and it and i think depending on who you are you may take that as disrespect like if you're a byu person you probably are not thrilled to hear that i also think it's no surprise that and and i give logan a lot of credit for this very respectful byu and his time there love that but it's also no surprise the answer was no there is no positional training if you will like position specific activity for each position group.
0: Yeah, that's a shocking oversight at BYU and that's why you're replacing the entire strength and conditioning program and, and look I'm not I mean, trying
1: to blow up you know blow things out of proportion with what Logan said, but I do think it's an important conversation like there should is. be like like hey dude, so you're an edge rusher. Right, you're an edge rusher. That means you got to have more legs than other guys. That means that, that you got to have fast more fast twitch muscles. Yeah. You have
0: to train very differently to get after the quarterback's ass, you do. Yes. It's just not it's not what a 3 technique is not going to train the way an edge rusher change. The way a cornerback tra- trains, yeah. like I, I but I want to go back to the mission part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. The adversity you face on a, a when you go out and serve and you come back 7 8 months into it that's difficult to do. It, they, that is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And to come back and immediately tear your ACL, that's a ton of adversity. The quality of that kid, the quality of that man, let's not call him a kid. That guy's a man making man's choices, having to deal with his grandparents passing away. Oh, talking man. about, yeah, talking about having the, name, the Fano name on the back of a BYU jersey is massive. Man, when it's in the poly community, your family is everything. Right. I mean, it is, and I'm not saying it's not in every community, but in the poly community specifically, you know, one of the things about our guy Jay Toffer, our barber, he's a he he is a an island guy. He is a New Zealander, right? And his mother passed away recently. Like the profound impact that has on you. Yeah. We've we've talked to him about that. Hearing Logan talk about putting the name on the back of a BYU jersey was huge for my grandparents. Yeah. Like these are all foundational things. And I say go crush it up on the hill, man. Yeah, dude. Be, be, I, I think I am he's one of the most exciting things about BYU and Utah football. That transfer, the fanos transferring, was one of, in my opinion, one of the most important stories. And I think the kid crushed it in the interview. Yeah. 100%. I think he, he absolutely crushed it. I mean, it just. If you're not impressed with that guy, I, I I don't know even know what you say. And I agree with Boyd. We've now seen several pairs of brothers transfer to play together. It's not a small thing. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's what the Mkuwas, the Fanos, the, the the Barringtons, like yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I I think Barfing Chicken says excited to see him at the U. The only issue I'd have with it is if he steals sacks from my cousin Samote. Well, he's going to steal sacks because I think the kid's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. And you know what? Wouldn't you love to see him play BYU? Yeah. To be, to suit up for the Utes against BYU? You'd love to see that, man. Like, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Boyd Lake says, uh, QB training should never be the same as any other position group. Most position groups have special fitness needs. Yes, yes. they do. Yes, they do. Uh, CKS says, yes, Utes got a massive get in Clegg. Yes, they did. He's official. Clegg's on paper now this morning. Jeremy says, "I think that was Taysom's problem at BYU. I remember seeing videos of him squatting more than anyone on the team. Like what? Granted, Taysom is a freak of nature, but Boyd Lake, I totally agree. And I know that we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. Yeah, you have you, you've got to be better in the and it's been something for over a decade. This goes well back into Broncos time here, like." You remember the changes towards the end of his tenure at BYU that Bronco made in strength and conditioning, yeah. and they immediately paid dividends on the field. Do you even? And, and I'm telling you, if they bring in the right-minded strength and conditioning philosophy, yes, you'll immediately see results in Big Twelve Boy, you play. You bitch. You will. You absolutely will. And I think you look at Taysom. Taysom trained like a linebacker, not a quarterback. And I think you're seeing that kind of play in the NFL. The way that he pounds defenders, like you're seeing that in the NFL now. Yeah, Uh, Romney is another set of brothers that joined via transfer, correct? Uh, Blocker and Snowden future QBs. Yes, I would agree with that. I'm telling you, they're having a huge class. They are. Uh, Tanner says, man, I hope the strength and conditioning program improves. Dallin says, I think BYU gets a bad rap for player development, but look at the players in the NFL. How many BYU players and you players can you name? I can name a laundry list of you guys. Eric Rowe with Miami comes to mind. You know, obviously, you know, Brigham. Huntley. Kyle Vanoy, Huntley. I mean, Utah just puts the low two Lele's. Moss. The Zach Moss. Like, I mean, all of these guys. J- Jeremiah Potassi, like... Utah puts guys in the NFL. So does so does BYU. Cal Brigham Brigham, uh, Danny Sorensen, like. But where's the skill position guy? Where's the BYU quarterback of late who's gone to the NFL and excelled? It's not Zach Wilson. He's struggling, and why? Because he was never sold no at BYU, and he, you can't go play you know live wire football in the NFL. Yeah, you're not running around on the driveway anymore, kid. Right, so. You're not seeing like guys like Mitch Matthews or, you know, top wide receivers from BYU don't translate to top wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Right. So you look at Puka, you would think that Puka has a phenomenal chance to play in the NFL. Fred Warner. Fred Warner's a stud. Absolutely. Fred Warner's a stud. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, you you look at, you know what, Jeremy Bolton, you look at Taysom Hill. Taters is a guy that came out of BYU as a quarterback essentially ends up playing tight end H-back now. I mean, he's having a good career. There's no, there's no doubt, but he's an athlete. You know, like that's the exactly right. Taysom is a quarterback, linebacker, tight end, wide receiver, running back, fullback, and your mom. That's exactly right. I'm for real. Exactly right. He's a do-it-all guy, including doing your mom. Thank you. Tanner says, maybe BYU can do something like what the Eagles are doing. Could be. Uh, Dax Mill, not a top player, but a walk-on and is now on an NFL roster. True. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, Arlington Bears. Jamal Williams is one of the... <laughs> Jamal Williams might be the best recruiting tool that you have. Yeah. That is a, again, that is a, a black kid from the inner city, Inland Empire, California, SoCal, comes in, leaves BYU, comes back to BYU, ends up in the league. Like, yep. you, you look at Tyler Algier, I mean... Waiting for that breakout moment with Atlanta, but Tyler Algiers in the league as a running back? Yeah, absolutely. That's That's exactly right. And that's what's so surprising about Clark Barrington transferring. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that's going to be an NFL lineman. No doubt about it. Jeremy said, I said it earlier, BYU has more players in the NFL right now making more impact on the field than Utah. It's close. It's closer than it's ever been. Yeah. I will say that. It's closer than it's ever been, you know. We'll see. Uh, Tanner says Dax is doing fairly well with the commanders. He is. He is. That's exactly right. Um, they have guys on this team that can do well in the NFL. Yeah. It's just a matter of you, know, you got to get guys healthy. Like, I think Max Tooley's an NFL talent. He's probably a safety. I'd be playing him at safety. That's just my opinion. Uh, he's an NFL safety. There's no doubt about that. Like, yeah. you have guys on this team. That offensive line is stacked, and it's going to be for another three years. Wide receivers are stacked. Tell me Cody Epps is an NFL talent. Like, yep. we'll see. I don't know that Jaron can stay healthy to play in the NFL. I would love to see him in the NFL, but I just don't know that he stays healthy. I don't. All right, 9 o'clock on the Monty Show. Um, this hour of the show is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Make sure you get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Stop planning and start doing. I, and one of the things I want to talk about today is do you believe in new year's resolutions? Do you buy into that? And right now while you're hitting the like button on the show, because we are we are now over a hundred, let's just get 49 more likes. We're at 101, let's get 49 more likes on the show. Uh, we are at 8776 for subscribers. So let's go get 49 more likes. There's 108 people, please hit the like button. Um, you know, let's, let's see what if we can get 150 likes today while the show is live. That would be amazing. We appreciate you guys doing that. As soon as you're done hitting the like button, open a new tab and pull up tridaytrading.com slash Monty and just look at it. Consider watching the webinar. Give me a Christmas gift of watching the webinar at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. That's the best Christmas gift you could give us because I think it's going to change your life. I do. I am a big believer in Triday Trading. I love that you go through their program and they're gonna teach you how to day trade. That's what happens at tri-day trading. You go through their program at your own pace. If you wanna do it as a side hustle, you're gonna keep your full-time job, go through their program at your own pace. You don't have to do it at any accelerated pace, do you? If you're ready to jump in head first full-time, you're ready to make hundreds and thousands of dollars every day day trading, go at a faster pace. The best part about tri-day trading is they're gonna educate you, they're gonna mentor you, they're gonna coach you. You're not just gonna go through their program and pay them money to go through their program and they're never gonna talk to you again. They're gonna mentor you and guide you through your journey as a day trader until you are at a point where you are making hundreds and thousands of dollars a day realizing the income that you wanna make. That's the best part about it, man, you control it. And when you start trading at tri-day trading, the best part is they pay for your first trades. You don't lose your own money. And by the way, if you make money, they're gonna give you fifty percent of the profit as well at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So I do wanna talk about I do wanna talk about um New Year's resolutions. Jake, do you make a new year's resolution every year? No,
1: I don't. It's, ever. Not, it's have not, you it's ever it's just not been in my routine. It's not been my thing. I'm too focused on time off and you know doing that and experiencing that. Like I, I, I just think that new year's resolutions are a gimmick. They're like, Hey, I'm going to start doing this on this day. Okay, cool. What's the, what's the logistics plan for doing it every day, the rest of the year? Like, what what is the, you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. say, oh, all right, well, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat, uh, that thing I love to eat today. You know, or I'm not going to do this or do that. Like, yeah, it just is. It, it sets you up to fail.
0: That's what it does. In my, I opinion. agree. Like, and I think with diet and fitness, those are the two things that most people do. Yeah. But you look at money. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. Make New Year's resolutions surrounding cash. Yeah. And I just don't think you should do it. I think you should. I am a big believer that it's not starting Monday. It's starting today. I'll do it tomorrow. I think every choice you make in life is a chance to win, whether what you're going to have for lunch, what you're doing. Are you going to work out today? Are we going to snowboard today? Are we going to sit on the couch and be fat today? Every choice is a chance to make a better choice. Yeah. So don't make New Year's resolutions, please. Barfing Chicken says New Year's resolutions are dumb. If you want to change, then do it. Don't know why you would wait uh, for some special moment, wasting time and making excuses. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Richard McDonald says uh, New Year's resolutions are dumb just do things you should do all the time continual improvement should uh, be everyone's goal absolutely it should
1: yeah and it's just you know 1% better every day yes I, I, I think that that's a great saying I think it's a great thing to live by and I think that you know if you do that you're gonna see results over a long period of time but you have to be patient
0: Luis Capazzo says New Year's resolutions are for procrastinators get it done which Jack in the box and what time ooh are we meeting you at Jack in the Box in in St. Jeezy? St. Jeezy. Saint, Jeezy. Saint Jeezy. DM me, Luis. We'll we'll absolutely meet yeah, you. Yeah, dude. We're down. Would love to. We're yeah. gonna be there Friday, probably right around ten o'clock, I would think. Somewhere at some point. Somewhere in that window. Uh we'll be driving through St. Jeezy and we're absolutely getting Jack. Yeah. I'm ready for that. All right. Let's end the show talking about um Elon Musk. Where are you guys at uh, on Elon Musk? Elon Musk resigned as a CEO of Twitter Mm -hmm. said he he will step down the moment he finds somebody to replace him. Mm -hmm. Now everybody says it's because of that poll. That's not why he did this. He is getting immense pressure from his big shareholders at Tesla to step away from Twitter because Tesla is suffering. Tesla and SpaceX are the ATM machine for Elon Musk and he is getting significant heat from his shareholders at Tesla to step away from Twitter and let somebody else run that. Does he ever do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that Elon's not stupid. I think that he played a game, got made to look like an idiot, and now he's trying to fix it. That's what I think. And I think he's trying to do it in a way that makes him look as best as possible, honestly.
0: I would agree with that. I think it's one of those things where he's a guy that you can't... I think he's a guy that you can never read. Yeah. I think Elon Musk... This has been in the works for several weeks, at least a month. Yeah. He knew he was going to step away because let's be honest, you don't pay billions of dollars for something and then run it into the ground. Yeah. Elon's too smart for that. He knows what he's done at Twitter has absolutely destroyed that company. Yeah. He has gone in there and fired everybody who made it what it was. He fired engineers. He has essentially bankrupted Twitter to the point where, he isn't even trying to hide the fact that they're selling off things out of offices, signage, cool artifacts that they have. Like they're they're having to figure out ways because so many people have stopped advertising on Twitter. They're hemorrhaging money. Yeah, and he continues to sell Tesla stock to keep it afloat. And I think that's why he had to step away. You
1: can't, you can't rob Jim to pay Paul,
0: dude. Like you, you mean Peter to you, whatever the hell the to, saying to is. To like pay you Paul. can't.
1: You can't do that that's not how it works
0: yep let's see um uc regent gumby says jack-in-the-box tacos are bomb yeah i would agree with that brent says age 25 grow an inch the wrong way lol okay uh boyd lake says elon musk he has planned for a while to choose a new ceo i would agree with that Lo brent says not normal kurt what did kurt say that's not normal uh, I don't know we're buried in comments today uh, Fat Jesus says Monty for Twitter CEO I'd take the job right now I'd take the job right now Pied Piper Elon is being forced out uh, but he is trying to preserve his, his image by graciously stepping down because of the poll. he is a master marketer Yeah, could be Jeremy Bolton the mayor of Montytown says it was a total power move by Elon and it backfired oh my god and he's still one of the richest men in the world Mm-hmm. But, oh, I totally agree. This this was a rich flex for sure. Right. And it blew up in his face. Yeah. It absolutely blew up in his face. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. 21 didn't do nothing for you. Uh, K. Nuren, improving every day mentally and physically is the way to perfection. No such thing as perfection. Uh, Boyd Lake, Elon has had to break down Twitter and then has plans to build it again. We'll probably get much bigger. It already has some much more activity than it had. Yeah, but a lot of it in the wrong way, in my opinion. It
1: doesn't need all that activity. It's it's a basic, simple
0: concept. It is a, if we're being honest about it, if we're being totally honest about it, Twitter is a cesspool. If you look at the conversation we had yesterday on this show um, about Donovan Mitchell, and you start understanding the... The absolute debacle and debauchery that was our comment section yesterday. Twitter is a cesspool right now. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you fix it, but we'll, we'll see. Fat Jesus says, no such thing as perfection. Have you seen Margaret, Margot Robbie? Wow. Mm. You're right. That's a really good point. <clears throat> That's a really good point. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says where's Michael Rappaport talking about Beasley er I and mean Elon Cole Beasley exactly right man I just don't know that we've ever seen somebody fail so miserably yeah I mean, we'll see
1: how it works out though I don't think we can yet say he failed because if he turns well, it into something positive then that changes things
0: that could be I, I don't disagree with that but you guys have to admit he's a master schemer dude this was a huge mistake he didn't ever intend to buy Twitter I think he I've wanted to i a rich
3: man and I have been a poor man seriously
0: Seriously, like you can't tell me that he ever intended to buy Twitter. Like, do you respect Elon? Is that a guy that you're uh, like, oh man? Not now. I. That's don't. a sharp business not guy. Not now. I don't.
1: I. 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 Uh, I. He's not respected. He's infamous, which is different.
0: Ooh, yeah. He's not respected. He's infamous. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. By the way, last thing, and I, I, I hesitate to bring this up, but I'm gonna. Should we have access to Donald Trump's tax returns? Yes. You think we should? Absolutely. Because
1: all the, all the Republicans saying, well, it's a security issue. We can't just be having people's tax returns out. Yeah, I got news. It's not Jimmy's tax returns we're worried about. It's the guy who corrupted the IRS so he could go and you know lead a coup against the government. Yeah, that's the guy that we need to check his tax returns.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. You have a guy in Donald Trump who is both a private citizen and a former president. I don't even I don't even really care to be honest with you. I do think that they are they are going to pass a law that if you want to run for president, you will have to provide 7 years of detailed tax returns. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be law now because you can't have what happened during his administration. The secrecy, the lies, the scheming like I just don't think you can have that. And I think that's what this tax return thing has done. It's created doubt. And it's created division. And obviously, as most of you know, Donald Trump is the first president not to provide tax returns in some years. I mean, I think Uncle Joe gave us like 20 years of tax returns. Like, it's just what you do when you become president because the idea of it is that you are trying to provide transparency to make sure that you're not under anybody's thumb. And what's so fascinating is, is that Donald Trump flouted essentially the rules and regulations for running for president. Because there are rules that say you have to provide your tax returns. They're not laws. There are rules that you have to provide your tax return. He never did that. And I think now, going back and looking at his tax returns four years after the guy was president is pretty meaningless. It's pretty meaningless.
1: I don't think it's meaningless in the terms of the January 6th committee. I don't think that, I don't think that um, it's meaningless. I think that there's yeah. substance there. I think there's context. I think when you, you can use his tax
0: returns to paint a picture. And the thing that's so funny to me is like, they never really detailed his audits. No, because they didn't audit him.
1: Because the IRS was corrupt for him. Which is fascinating. That's the problem. I don't understand like yeah, it's that's why his tax returns need to be uncovered. That like that's what Republicans don't want to say. That's what the Mitch McConnells don't want to say. Hey, the IRS was trying to audit and had like miles of red tape to go through because he found a way,
0: which is classic. 101 Donald Trump how to do things in the survival guidebook look look I, I don't you can hate Donald Trump for a myriad of things the guy's an operator there's just no doubt about that the guy knows how to how to manage minefield but for who for himself right not for our country which is what the president's supposed to do yeah I I, I I just think it's interesting this this conversation around should presidents have to provide their tax returns I don't think there's any doubt they should and any more now, we all have to wonder. Well, are those tax returns? You know, what's the veracity of those? You know, what is the 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 ethics of those? Like, how true are they? You know, like that's what we get into. So, what happens is a presidential candidate will provide tax returns, and they will be combed through hardcore by the IRS. That's what it's always been until Donald Trump, and I think that. We, we see things coming out of the Trump presidency that are changing laws and regulations in this country. Things you can no longer do. I don't hate the guy for that. I mean, you don't have to love or hate Donald Trump. He absolutely changed the way our country operates in yeah. good ways and in bad ways. There's, there's just no way around that. Yeah. So this whole idea of tax returns is, is fascinating to me. Uh, Luis Capazzo says, Jake, Moscow Mitch needs to release his tax returns. I'm pretty sure he has something to hide. Yeah, don't care. Don't get you know. I mean, I just every I, politician has dirt, dude. It's a fact oh, every of, one life
1: of them. as a politician. The difference is is that Donald Trump was the president, and that comes with a different set of circumstances and expectations. Well, I mean,
0: you can go back through time. There's not a clean president. There's no, not. There's not. The difference is now we have a a much more violent media, if you will. We have a much more agenda-driven media, and so you know, you look at. I think this really probably goes back to Obama. If you look at Obama and, you know, the way that the way that Obama was covered by the media, the way that Obama was attacked by Republicans, the way that Trump was attacked by Democrats, you know, the adversarial relationship um, that was, you know, that was used by the Trump administration with the media. And it just the the game has changed so rapidly so recently that. You know, like, it makes the Nixon administration look like a good administration. Yeah. Because the things you never found out about, right? Like, I just think the things that presidents do while nobody's looking are terrifying. Yeah. They're terrifying. And the IRS is a great example of that. Presidencies, administrations for generations have used the Internal Revenue Service against Americans, and we have no idea. And having been through an audit myself, I'm telling you, it's not pleasurable. It is a terrifying experience. And... To know that, you know, the the Bushes, the Clintons, I mean Barack Obama used the IRS against people. I, I mean, you look at the way that Trump used the IRS. You look at the way that that you know the, the administration, Joe Biden's administration is trying. you know, leverage Twitter in social media spaces. Like the things that you don't know that presidents do, you don't want to know, and it's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. That that's the thing, yeah, for sure. Kurt Myers, or excuse me, kiggity. All politicians should show their returns if you want to serve the public. Account- uh, accountable, be accountable to the public. I agree with that. Um, Arlington says, "Guys, be fair." The IRS was weaponized under Obama. Yeah, that's what I just said. I, 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 yeah. I think everybody wants to paint their president as the best president, like not your president, my president. I don't like, have a president, and that's the issue. And I, don't I think. Like- I think that's a very good point. I I, don't give a damn about these guys. I would love to see. I don't know that an age limit is the way to go about it. We need new blood in in the Republican Party. We need new blood. We need younger blood. We need, you know, we've got to get rid of the Pelosi's and the, the Mitch McConnell's. And we need new blood. We needed Paul Ryan to step up and he never did. And maybe he will. I don't know. We need somebody in that realm, in that generation to step up and pull this country forward. Yeah. Because I don't believe that we're any worse off than we've ever been. We just spin it differently now. Yeah. But what we need is to get back to the business of thriving as Americans. We need to get back to the business of, of, of doing our business, of growing our business, of, of growing generational wealth. Of, taking care of our families. And I still think there's a lot of people who are doing that. but i I just think that again, I, I'm a guy that grew up Republican. i I just don't know what this Republican party is, yeah, because i I do truly believe that Donald Trump stays as the leader of the Republican party are over. I think the the, you know, blow up the Constitution comments were the death knoll for him. I think that was one of the the, the few really bad public mistakes he made that will come back to get him the problem is there's nobody to step into that vacuum there just isn't and it it is it's frustrating to me that there's just no way to to change things and again brent with all due respect just vote them all out it doesn't work that way the system is is rigged for people to you know like it 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 doesn't work jurymandering the way district lines are drawn like It just isn't in it. We're not in a situation in in this current climate of our country where we'll just vote them all out. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It does not work that way. You guys understand that Herschel Walker almost became a senator. And the people who voted for him in exit polls said, well, we're voting for him because he's Republican and we don't want a Democrat. You're you're, You're a Republican party voting for that guy because the other side is just not thinkable to you. That that's what's crazy to me. Yeah. Po- politics in this country are so broken, and I don't know how you fix it because I don't see your generation coming up and getting into politics. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm a, I'm not a, out
1: for everybody else. I'm out for me. It's how it has to be. And I, and I love using the show disagree. to help people, but I'm not interested in in putting my money towards a campaign or or getting sold some bill of goods to elect someone who's never going to do what they say they're going to do. Like it just it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, like this Kerry Lake thing in Arizona, yeah, claiming the election was stolen again, suing. It's so and, tired, uh,
1: dude. I, like, <laughs> get the hell over it. It, it is so tired. Uh, like, it just is. I'm tired. Ty- yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, do you, I don't have
1: nice things to say and, about most of the Republican Party. And like,
0: I but I look at the Democrats. I look at Joe Biden. Yeah, it's embarrassing that Joe Biden's <laughs> our president. It's absolutely embarrassing. Like, yeah, I I just don't believe that's the guy that that is pushing the buttons on this country right now. Like it's terrifying to me. Yeah. And now he's talking about running for four more years. How, how, right? Like, I mean, we now know that Nancy Reagan ran this country the last three years of Reagan's second term. Like, how are we going to do that again with Joe Biden? How? Yeah. Because, you know, frankly, I just don't think that Ron DeSantis is electable. Yeah. I think he's said too many things and done too many things and guys like that always have potholes and landmines this party the Republican Party needs a young gun and that guy doesn't exist now yeah it doesn't exist and I just don't know what you do because I can't do four more years of Uncle Joe I can't I don't want any more and granted she's retiring I don't want any more Pelosis I don't want any more Mitch McConnell's I don't I just I don't want any more Rand Paul, you know, stunting. Like, we need new blood. And, it, and it's not radicals. It's not, you know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about how she would have been far more violent on January 6th. She's a congressperson. She's a congresswoman. Talking about how January 6th was not violent enough. Yeah. Is that who we're really electing to represent us? It's it's wild to me. Yeah. It's absolutely wild to me and now the Republicans get control of the house again and they hate McCarthy as a leader. And now you're going to have division inside the party again. So you're not only fighting against the Democrats, you're fighting against yourselves. Yeah. We need new blood. We need new blood. And and that to me is what the biggest problem is. I don't Like who are you who are you even rooting for in politics I, I don't know yeah i don't know you know uh lopes van gabe good morning to you. he says i struggle to believe the best and brightest minds in both parties are 60 plus year old uh retread lifelong politicians it's amazing yeah it's amazing yeah and now like look at doug ducey in arizona doug ducey's gonna run for senate in arizona look at look at cinema in arizona quitting the democratic party getting elected as a Democrat to evacuate the party to damage their representation. Remarkable. And now Doug Ducey, Mr. Shipping Container Wall, who Gary Lake yesterday actually came out and attacked and said, we're gonna have to undo the shipping containers at the border. Doug Ducey is forever, his legacy as the governor of Arizona now, will forever be that you built a wall out of shipping containers that made it easier for people to cross the border then made it more difficult. Yeah. That's the got, That's your next great Republican Senator in Arizona. Like, all like, right, we're crazy. We're crazy. Uh, Boyd Lake says, beware the torch lighters uh, and never join a mob. My Mormon heritage taught me that much. Never join a mob. You know, uh, San Diego State says, political leaders are like NFL QBs today. Too many new ones are needed going forward lol but true it is true it is true like and i don't actually know how much power do you think the president has
1: depends on the president depends how dynamic he is joe is too old people don't relate with him he might as well be a thousand years old are like, you swimming over there yes i am you are yes okay. well, you should yeah, say yeah.
0: that. yeah <laughs> all right 9 30 gotta roll um jake has to go potty but yeah we we need new blood we need new blood. Our president has made in one form of office or another longer than I've been alive, in thir- and I'm 33. Absolutely right. The Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Find them online, theadvocates.com. Your best injury attorneys, The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.